winning I told y'all this bigger than Guinness and we ain't even finished Cause in the slumber, them police done caught him like Dennis the Menace and gave him a sentence About two times I done ran from the cops Then they came up in best, no stops Good times Cause it taught me that thou shalt not be living high I felt swell till I got cut No, I did not tell when they put me on the spot It's too hot, are you ready or not? It's too hot, are you sliding or not? It's too hot, are you riding or not? It's too hot, I may take off the top Usually we talking when we do this. Oh my bad. Should have had well, a little pseudo. <laughs> we should have had a little pseudo conversation going on. We can't just like, an, like a, a cold open. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a cold open yeah. for the Sopranos. Nothing. This is kind of the cold open now because we're in real time. There <laughs> it is, right? See, so that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> do y'all? How do y'all know? Do y'all normally? How do y'all normally intro? Just uh, talking. Like we'll we'll have something that we're talking about and just bring it in. Gotcha. That's a cool little natural open. So just like we just did, mm -hmm. we didn't have anything we talked about, but we talking now. You know why you are here, people. It's another week in the books. A W I T B. You hear an additional voice. We doing the guest thing heavy. Mm -hmm. Hope you guys are liking it, man. We got my man Dan joining us this time. I don't really have a podcast moniker or anything for you. I thought about Dan the white man. But I didn't know how you would like Mo, that. Mo, what I tell you? Mo, what I tell you? I'm, 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 I'm sorry, bro. Only, I'm sorry. I'm lose only. I'm lose only. Maybe the first. Definitely no. your first white friend ever, bro. No, absolutely not. And we we can talk about that as we get into the twenties. <laughs> friend, friend. I can't I wait say. to get to that part because I, I. Yeah. I Let's just be creative. I, you know, that's all yeah. I'm asking. I, 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 did you, you know, tell him that that's what I was gonna call you? No, no, no. We, we uh -uh. listen. Me and Mo are like way better friends than you and I now because we had like an hour long <laughs> conversation, pieced it up. So y'all have similar, I mean, y'all have similar personalities. I can see. That. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see I, that. Yeah, I definitely sure. have similar personalities, man. We happy to have you here, man. We can get into some yeah. good stuff, man. We got some good feedback on the interview last week with my guy DeAnthony, man. You guys go check him out. Uh, also on the Tuesday episode, we were breaking it down. Got some good feedback from that, man. So shout out to you people that are listening, that are commenting that are liking that are making another week in the books continue to grow mo how was your week brother hey man look it's it's been good man um some unfortunate news uh when my wife's father my father-in-law he, he just got diagnosed with stage three prostate cancer mm. super left field bro sorry man prostate Prostate's a rough one too. Yeah, fifty-three. Did he? Was he feeling bad or something? Did he just go to the doctor? Uh, yeah, I think he went to the doctor. Maybe it was a checkup, but I do remember when they were was living with us. Like he he didn't go into a lot of stuff, but he just said he had some concerns about weird things he was feeling. I don't know if that's the timeline. Uh, that was that was a minute ago. That might have been twenty twenty one. But um, yeah, so. That's been a challenge, but my wife has been doing really well with it, considering and um, just being at peace, not throwing in a towel or anything, but just understanding yeah. the reality of, you know, the life cycle and stuff like that. So that's that's been that. But this week has kind of been smooth this week, man. I feel I feel good. feel like I've been active, really working on 
working on this content stuff, I feel real good. But what about you? What about you, Lou? How your how your week been, bro? Oh, it is what it is, man. I'm feeling kind of like we were talking Tuesday, looking to start uh, optimizing, getting better and better. So <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of stagnant. So I want to get better. What you were saying about uh, your father-in-law? That's a rough thing, especially mm-hmm. when you get on. Like you said, 53. That ain't even that old, bro. Yeah. And if you feeling funny as a man, especially with something like that, that's hard to like mm-hmm. go talk to somebody about, bro. Mm-hmm. Like any signs of prostate cancer, like blood in your stool or stomach aches and shit like that. Like, who you gonna talk to about that? Mm-hmm. Like as a man, like you, you talk to your homeboy, you be like, yeah. man, I seen some blood in my like, what the fuck? That's crazy. <laughs> we don't have nobody to go. You have nobody to mind. You don't want to tell your wife that, your girl yeah. that like it's crazy, bro. Now I would, I that's would. how it that's how it catches though. You yeah. would, I would. I would definitely talk to your wife about that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. I mean, what, what, Dan? Are you? Well, you married? Well, I'm not married. So I mean, but still, I feel you, like if, it's a different conversation. When you're married, bro. Okay, like, yo, okay. y'all in there, y'all. It's y'all, y'all, y'all locked in. You, you talking you, about a girlfriend so, telling us some shit like that, bro? That's different. I mean, I it depends. I guess. Yeah, it depends. It depends on like what yeah. what kind of girlfriend, like how what long are we talking y'all about? Got. Yeah, and like. If it's a live living situation, if it's yeah, like you know, that's basically your wife, but you don't have a rent. Yeah, like <laughs> that's why I was gonna say dead right on same page. How do it come up though? Like I still my, like my friends. The water cooler though, definitely not though, bro. Like, that's, yeah, that's definitely. And y'all not. probably may be going through the same shit. Neither one, literally. Yeah, that's. <laughs> that's I don't know. Well, I, I don't know because you don't like you. You know, just that thing. You just as men, you just don't want to put feel like you're putting a burden on somebody. Yeah, especially yeah, when they good, can't solve what's yeah, the issue. Yeah, bro. I think that's huge. Like I, I ran into a dude. We had you know we work remote, and like I ran into a dude. Uh, I hadn't seen him in like a year or two, and uh, he was super thin, bro. And I'm like, I was just like, oh, you look super lean, bro. And he's like, what's up, man? And I was like. Yo, you good? And he's like, nah, man, stage four cancer. I'm like, dang, like, I, you don't even know, like, what what are they supposed to say? You know yeah. what I mean? And like, yeah. you don't want to put that on them as well, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what do you say in response right. to that? Yeah. Like, shit. It's like losing Damn, someone. Bro. It's like, you never yeah. know what to say. I didn't know what to say. I was just, I was just like, can I pray like, for you? And then that's, yeah. that was it. And then we, <laughs> yeah. that was it. Like, yeah. 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 To give y'all a proper introduction of the other voice that you hear, this is my man, Dan. I know I did it a little bit before, but that's the reasons why we're here. You guys know it. Another week in the books, we elevate conversations, trying to make it something that you look down on your podcast feed every week and say, man, I'm interested to hear the perspectives, the thought processes, just the conversation of what's going on. And Dan is a guy, me and him met maybe a decade ago when I first got to Atlanta. We worked the same job pushing carts at Target together. And we uh the we good times cool. Yeah, the simpler times. We became yeah, the cool time. talking about hip hop. A lot of my relationships start that way. Of course, you guys know the on Dead TV podcast. The reason Dan is here because very good conversationalists feel like he would be able to add to what Mo and I do this week, man. And I'm excited to hear some of the things that you bring into the table, Dan. I know you may got a list of some over there. I know how you get down. <laughs> <laughs> Something that you want to care, especially you and Mo wouldn't talk for an hour. Ain't no telling what I'm in for. Well, 
Guys, I'm gonna apologize early if I don't get any words in. Well, we just we got a podcast playing after this. It's gonna be three hours. So you know, so don't worry about it. It's about like religion and stuff. This is a religious podcast. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, thank you, bro. Um yeah, man, I'm here uh we've been talking about doing a podcast together for like what eight years um i remember so lou was the uh i remember when you and chris started on deck in what 2013 yep 2013 yeah 10 years ago bro coming up on that 10 yeah anniversary in may May bro i know i've told you this but just to tell you on a podcast like sitting with y'all at starbucks brainstorming ideas just all that stuff that was like my intro to anything like this so um yeah this goes back man yeah yeah we were sitting there it's a young kid trying to figure it out thinking about all the shit that we wanted to do absolutely i remember that did you dan did you i'm not this is not an interview y'all like last week but did you <laughs> did this did that did this create something in you you know how you naturally things get contagious when it's, it's good around you like a good concept did this like make you be like man i kind of want to do that i would like to get on the mic i think i got some things to say i would like to do some, you know did you did, did that ever cross your mind or you just like nah i'm really just good just you know i just want to listen and and you know, being you know comments in in the rap chat and like, did you ever consider that at, in your, at your own experience? Yeah, like- no. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, man, for sure. I, I, you know, I have a podcast with my buddy from church, and then um, oh, okay. we talk about crazy stuff. I'll send you the link to that. But yeah, um, dude, like, I, I think like how Lou was talking about, we started mm-hmm. talking about hip hop, and we can get more to this later when we talk about twenties and jobs and all that. But. Mm-hmm. I always remember, Lou, I don't know if you remember, but like we would have like 10 minutes of pe- like little little blips and spots mm-hmm. of being able, you know how it is at the job, man. Yeah. You have these little spots and these little openings like to talk. Doing shit. Exactly. Oh, so, and you're always like half conscious exactly of like, let me make sure like, the, you know, whoever's on, you know, whatever. So uh, we always talked about this stuff and I, but it was always interrupted. So when I would see him and uh, Animal Brown just brainstorm and just go through these things, I love content, bro. I love, I, I was literally streaming, like I'm addicted to math hopper videos right now. And I don't even know why, bro. Like, I think it's just because of the drama. So to answer your question, yeah, man, I love, I was on Joe Rogan pretty early, man. I love, um, and it wasn't even, I think, I th- Lou, I think you'll agree with this. It's not even really Joe himself. Joe's a cool dude, but it's really just the platform and just the open flow conversation. It's not like this CNN crossfire. Now go to you. Now go to you. It's just <laughs> kind of what we're doing right now. So it's crazy how it's blown up, man. You might have introduced me to Joe Rogan. Like I may have been listening I did. to Combat Jack. And I, that was the only part. You introduced me to I Combat knew. Jack. Right. And I yeah. was listening to Combat Jack. And you was like, oh, if you heard this guy do this. And like you said, it was two, three hours long, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, right. But that being said, that's probably one of the few podcasts still to this day, from the day that I started listening to podcasts that I listen to, at least ten minutes of everything he drops. And, and again, it's like you said, it's not because of Joe Rogan. I'm not some right. Joe Rogan fan and think that he's speaking the gospel. It's just his approach to conversation to me is just like so to have that type of confidence to be that type of like i got my own shit going on like he was just on cnn yesterday they was trying mm-hmm. to hit him up again for uh yeah, I saw that. a clip about him being anti-semitic and they always pull these bullshit clips out of just random conversations that he has and they never really get a full view of it mm-hmm. but yes like you said just that whole full laid out concept of it ain't so tight stringent 
and we got to right. ask this question and move into this question just having conversation is real normal people that's 100 what kept me for sure to, to joe rogan and combat jack yeah i agree and i was telling mo when we when we spoke um i think that's what's so dope about this podcast is that you know what you and chris have with with on deck in a way it is supposed to be that first take i remember when you started the podcast you were like it's going to be like hip-hop but first take. it's going to be like first take but hip-hop and y'all had uh y'all have quick hits y'all have uh topic y'all have a very good rhythm of back and forth you're very aware of the time especially as long as y'all have been doing it this is much more i told mo i'm like man you this is lou you know what i mean when people hear this podcast they hear lou so um yeah man i'm excited to be here that's dope what about you mo like what, how long have you been into content or whatever uh like this I type think, of space I, I i as far as me doing it or being like just a fan of it yeah just a fan and just like having an ear and just yeah uh I, I came across, I think I came across Joe 2015 Joe Budden <laughs> the other uh, Joe yeah, yeah the uh, the other Joe <laughs> now actually we 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 call uh, uh Joe Rogan the other Joe no it's fair yeah. enough <laughs> depending on who you are <laughs> depending on who you are we uh, Joe Rogan is the other Joe now, uh but no um I, it was just random I got so burned out man I, I've been working a desk job for a long time and I just got so burned out I listen like I'm listening to every album come out every you know that was my real exposure to being locked in going from the Dat Piff live mixtape days to like the streaming kind of going into that era and so I just with everything that came out I'm checking it out and I just got so burned out of eight hours every day of just listening to all the, all these different hip hop albums I was like I need something else to get me through the day me and my cousin kept getting in trouble watching Netflix in a little small window. You know, it's like, all right, bro, we got you've got to figure out something here. And then I, I I remember looking at the little Apple thing. I was like, what is this icon? And then that's when I came across. I don't know how, but that's when their podcast was still named. I'll name this podcast later. And that was my first exposure to it. I was like, what is this? It was just so raw and weird. I'm like, what are they talking about? And it was like, it's almost sound like radio. But then I was like, nah, they cussing. They're, I'm like, yo, they give me that's crazy. Funny. And that's when they had uh, Melissa still at the time. And, you know, uh, it wasn't nowhere near where it is now. But that was my first exposure. And then there was a, another podcast in the city, well, in Indianapolis when I was there called uh, Ignorant Philosophy. And them, them guys, they changed mm-hmm. my life, bro. They still around? No, not in. Well, the, the guy, uh, Chris, shots, not Chris, Dizzy, Eric Dizzy, uh, shots out to him. He's still around. He he has a few different podcasts, a Black Widow, which is kind of like a exotic style uh, fictional podcast. And then he still does uh, Ignorant Philosophy, but he does kind of almost similar like what we do here, like more of a serious side versus back then they were doing more of a comedic but serious uh, group conversation. So they changed my life as far as being honest, like being on a whole raw level of honesty. I never was that honest until I listened to them. I'm like, man, they they crazy with the honesty. I'm like, man, I mm. I'm still kind of holding mean? back. Honest, like what? Like just being transparent. Like, uh, well, yeah, like just, talking about this. Like what? Because it's like you kind of. It's like you know how people always preface things. If I were to be honest, it's mm. it kind of like in that vein, but more so like. I don't have to let it prep to that point. I'm just coming off the hip, off off rip. I'm just gonna be it's honest. It's just a conversation you would have in off your rip. Room, like, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, I know y'all don't like that. You don't like that. You don't really care about that. You don't really care about him like that. Like, just straight up to the point. It. I started to notice. Like when I start getting honest, I started realize people' reactions. I was like, oh, it's it's working because I'm being honest and people were. <laughs> 
people are feeling things because of my honesty. I mean, it didn't always come off the right way, but I was being honest. So I mean, that's you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned desk jobs, man. The invention and growth of podcasts has to be responsible for at least an employee retention rate of like fifty percent, bro. Like God. those podcasts get you. Anybody out here listening who has a desk job, bro, has some data entry type gig, warehouse bro, you know, jobs like, too. Though. Warehouse jobs too. Trucker yeah, jobs, jobs, absolutely, too, man. Bro. Like. It will make the day. Did you, Luke, when we were at Target, did you used to pop the headphone in? Because I know we probably weren't like, you know, you know how they get like. When I first started working there, iPods were, that's what we had. Like, I yeah, had that's right. Big boy joint, like the classic. Yeah, the, the yeah, fat, like the thick dirty wallet. Everybody, like, it was a billion songs on that mother. Right, yeah, money, did. You had to the yeah. little spin, yeah. Yeah, spin it inside. I literally used to. Come into work for my four hours, put those headphones in, and hope that no one will fucking talk to me. Let me listen to my, my music, do my work, leave me be fuck alone. I do not want to be here. This is just me getting my feet wet in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And boom. Uh, until I yeah, started man. working in the department, I couldn't do that. But yeah, it, uh, the whole, like, they used to have to come in. Because you know we had the little walkie-talkies, and they yeah. calling me on the walkie-talkies. <laughs> oh, I remember, I remember the STL being like, Lou, yeah. can you come to the bathroom? None of it. I'm outside. Sorry, I was helping a customer. Right. Yeah, I can not even hear y'all. We're going to get into off-deck, but I just got to say this. You know, low-key, I, I think I got fired because of podcast. Well, because oh, of podcast. Because... Right. I got in I got in trouble. I, I spoke about it on the jobs episode, but like they had an issue with like bandwidth. It was this weird thing. Company was losing money and they started to get real petty about little areas. And so they were like, Well, you can't listen to music or anything anymore. I'm like, bro. So I, I still was like, Man, forget that. Like I'm hey, look. I would hit 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 what I'm listening to, duck that thing down into the, you know, minimize. And eventually one day they called me to the office and they was like, Marge, look, we warned you this and that. And I got fired for that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I was just. So they was I, tracing what you was doing on your. I, yeah, I guess so. I uh, guess they were. So and I was like, mm-hmm. it, 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 it was rough, but it's low key. So it's like, man, I never even thought about that till now. So it's like I'm meant to be doing this low key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for real, man. Yeah. Uh, I always have walked around with headphones and shit on like since high school so yeah, this was just a natural transition doing that mm. but yeah i've always been my first tattoo is a microphone <laughs> i have a microphone on my left arm that's my first tattoo I only got two and uh yeah so i now i look at it, i'm like man i feel like it's prophetic to like everything about me it's like i was always meant to do this but anyway <laughs> um the signs the signs will lead you there <laughs> Mo, you mentioned Off Deck, which is a spinoff of mm-hmm. the On Deck TV podcast that Daniel was speaking of earlier. Animal yeah. Brown and I coming into our 10-year anniversary in May. Real uh-huh. podcast hits out of here in these digital streets. We were off this week, though. Very rare off day. Animal Brown is on vacation. Um, So, that being said, Mo, since there was no On Deck content, the Grammys were this week, and <laughs> I had a question for the room. Mm-hmm. As Beyonce, did y'all watch the Grammys? No, at all. Nah. You ain't watch it at all. And I, I seen a clip. Say. I seen a clip, and I was super out of there. I wouldn't even watch the uh, Sam Smith. You watch uh, yeah, the Sam you Smith? Are, you already know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on, come on, yeah. Yeah, Oh so, yeah. <laughs> nah, I got, I got a, I, I got that, it. I got that Paulie Soprano clip. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, right? yes. But, but go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead yeah, yeah, sorry. I watched the whole thing. Uh, okay. I just—is this yeah, the I first time you ever watched the full thing? 
I usually tune in because I know you, bro. To you do. The you do. I like. I you like great. I like seeing that like talent and that's the, like I like okay. seeing those type of events and stuff. That's dope. Too. Okay. Sometimes if it's some people that plus I knew Jay was gonna be. I really was watching it for Jay performance. Um, they did. God did, and that motherfucker was at the very end too. I was really. I, that's the only reason that I watched oh, the whole thing. Like it was like the credits was rolling when Jay they slid it in. and yeah, they slid that oh, in at the very end. Great. They took it. Uh, there you go, guys. Eight. Yeah, but it was a dope uh, hip hop tribute though, which was I think the first time they did that. Like a whole lot of hip hop acts came out. They didn't represent the South like I would have wanted to. Group chat was giving me hell talking about what more did I want, but I would like more people from the South to come. Who was there on the South? From the South? Yeah. And Glorilla, Lil Baby, and I can't even remember. It was oh Scarface. Scarface came out. So that, that I mean that's cool. Yeah, that, Scarface that, that, was cool, that but, helps, but yeah. yeah, like Glorilla and Lil Baby from this, like they had all the classic, <laughs> like it was Buster, it was all the classic New York niggas. Nas uh, was out there, Rakim. So I'm like, they couldn't at least have like a they had Nas, a G. Did Nas come? I want to say Nas came out. I think they mm. did. That Nas did something, if I'm not mistaken. Well, but who, uh, yeah, like it was, it was legit. Who, Big Boy came out too, but I okay in Atlanta they cut to commercial. During that, which was insane. Yeah, that's it. Cut to the, they cut to the they cut to right in the middle of the act, then came back like when it was. Yeah, over. don't do that. But I was just wishing a Ti, Jeezy, a Rick Ross, like somebody, Bun, a Bun Lil B. Wayne, Bun, Bun B, B. Bun. yeah, the Texas X from the South. I just feel like Master P, I Bay, take Paul, I take Paul like anybody. Yeah, like, <laughs> I just real. wanted more South representation, but I always feel like the Yo, South if, is slighted if, anyway. If, if P came out, bro, if P came yeah, out, that would have been crazy. Yeah, and then, made and the then, Grammys what we needed to see. And then you got Romeo come out with him. <laughs> on the skates, on, came out on, on the skates. Now nah, I mean, like, I just, just like come out, like you know, what I mean, like yeah, we we still on that unity, you know. What I'm I mean? not like, even. I would have took Ludacris, and if you listen to me on that TV podcast, you know how I feel about Ludacris. Yeah. But I, that was the severe lack of representation. That's where it was at. That I would have okay. even accepted like Ludacris coming out doing stand up, and I'd be like, okay, that was cool. Let me let me None ask you a question. Happened. Let me ask you something. Who do you think? I mean, like actually, I don't mean like what demographic. I mean, who position wise do you think makes these decisions to bring the people out? Network people who like I think they got a board of people that they run it by. Like Do you think it's like the top what was it on NBC? ABC It was on ABC, if I'm not mistaken. I believe okay. they have a operations person that plans everything. You have a, a producer and a director, and you get an operations person that plans everything. The producer goes, Well, I would like this, 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 and this. And then the operations people reach out and try to make it happen and they go back and be like, Well, I couldn't get him. Will you take him? I don't know, try to get him. I think that's how it works. There's mm. one person thinking of it, then he puts a team of people to try to make it happen. As they do and don't make it happen, they report back and it kind of comes together in that sense. Mm. What y'all think? No? Yes? Yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, my thing is, I, I've been saying, I think, I've been champion for a minute. I, say, I think that they need to get B Dot on the, wherever, somewhere in there. B Dot needs to be a part of this process. I think he's legitimate. He is East Coast. And, you know, I mean, you got your South, you know, roots. I got my Midwest roots, you know. <laughs> but he said, B. Dot said his favorite Jay was volume two. Yeah, see, that's, 
Ed gets that's impossible, bro. Ed gets him out here. He hot taking. That's just you trying to. My bad, bro. Go ahead. He hot taking. Yeah, he hot taking. He told Jay that. He told Jay that. Even Jay probably rolled his eyes. Jay literally, bro, you can watch the clip on the rap radar. Jay probably, it's like five years ago, and he's like, Volume 2 is your favorite? Like he was talking about reasonable doubt and blueprint, and Jay was like, "Sometimes I put black album above blueprint." And, I see uh, him. He was ranking his favorite album. Oh so yeah, B dot was gassing volume two, and then Jay was like, "Bro, okay, all right, cool." That's like you looked at the numbers and think that's your favorite. It's crazy. Yes, yeah. So Mo, you th- you think what do you, you think they need a B dot though? You need or you somebody like you in need that a, position. You need a you need a B dot that's really in this space. You need a Rob Markman. Uh, you need a. Um, you need a Joe Budden, you know, you need you need uh, these people that are like they have a lot of nuance and understanding of new school, old school and like the hip hop and even more like the black essence in that. And you'll be straight like that's it. Give them a job like they don't have to. You, ain't do you have think to, they have anybody like that there? I think they do. Probably not, yeah. like, not, not, not huge, but I think they do. I mean, they're yeah. trying to get it right. But I mean. It was better I, this year, but not. But, I don't but, think they but, but that's to be any blacker than it is. I but saw Kendrick be, one. It's as urban okay. as they want it to be. Yeah, but they, but they got that off the hip hop awards though. Album of the year. Uh, he won album of the year or rap album of the year. Rap album of the year. Uh, okay, uh, I thought you said album Kendrick, of the year. Yeah, like, yeah, Pusha T, uh, Jack Harlow, and somebody else. I can't remember. They nominated like, Jack Harlow. Yeah. His team crazy. His team all right, crazy. bro. Yeah. All right, all right, bro. My Make whole thing from the Grammys, here, <laughs> My whole thing from the Grammys, though, as Beyonce was not, she wasn't there at the beginning when mm. she won an award, but she's clearly on a different level. Even in a room full of stars, all of them were like at her toes. Disposal. This whole was like, well, where's Beyonce? Like, even when she came in, and like everybody was looking at her. So my question to you guys. Y'all a little bit younger than me. Y'all ain't y'all wasn't really around for Michael Jackson. Is Beyonce like the guy. biggest star ever to y'all of y'all generation? Wait, wait, wait. I wait. mean, was you around our, Michael Jackson? Our, 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 gener- our, our generation? Yeah, because y'all younger than me. Y'all like you're, mil- y'all you're, went- you're, you're a millennial too, bro. Just own it, bro. Young. It's still generationals is like four four years. Four years? Four years? Yeah, four years is a generation. Four or five years. Is a I like that. I've heard 10 years, but I think <laughs> that's a decade. Well, that's what I'm saying, but it's hard because decade. Because you got to think from how I've heard it best described generation is like your four year high school, like from freshman, like every four years in life, you kind of I can't graduate to it. You don't think so? I had snap music. I can't do that. What you mean? I, I had snap music, bro. I, that ain't my that ain't my. Uh-uh. We are, I can't claim my four years of high school. Like, nah, I had snap music. No, no, no. I, Cupid shuffle. Like, nah, bro. I <laughs> no, danced and all, man. I'm just saying that's how generation yeah, D4L. every four years like high school. Not what was hot when you oh, was Oh, like four school. years? I mean, but what? Yeah, like when you're eight, when you're 12, when you're 16, when you're 20, when you're 24, when you're 28. Yeah. That's generation. Uh, I mean, but what, what part do you say is your generation? Like... Are you? I don't know the time frame. Okay, that's that's why I'm always challenged. Like, do you say okay from 21 to 25? Do you say when you're able to understand lyrics? Do you say that's why I'm always confused? Oh, your music prime? I think your music prime is in your teenage years, from anywhere from like six. That's what shapes you, right? That's what sets the palette. Yeah, I think from like 16 to 20 for me. What did set the palette for you, Mo? Real quick, I know, I know. Go ahead. Um, for me, it's probably I'll probably say from like 19 
to if you want to go to four years, I guess nineteen to twenty three. I'll probably say that then. If we're gonna, uh, because that's when I had real. I was really tapped in. I mean, I, I, I had you know my first album. I think my parents may have bought me was like a Lil Wayne album. I think it was Carter One. But like I wasn't tapped in like that. Like I was just I hear it in the in the car or wherever we're going. But I wasn't really listening for lyrics or nothing like that. Maybe a catchy hook. I wasn't tapped in really. Even in high school, it's just like oh okay that's cool. But I just wasn't. I mean my dad would record mixes off the radio, but we never locked into a focus as far as this is the album. This is the. I mean we keep up with like oh Lil Wayne on this song too. But it's like we wasn't. So when I was 19 going to college. And then there's that Piff and Live mixtapes, and then these parties, you're getting these certain songs are coming in rotation. And from that point, that's when it's like, okay, now I'm going to do a research. And from that point to like, if we're going to four year, five year, 20, 23, 24, from that to that job that I got fired from, where I was able to have access and the floodgates was open of musical content, I still have, I had to, I had so many mixtapes downloaded. <laughs> I had to delete it because I, I it took so long to save on my backup job. So it's like that to me is my primary. So I don't know. Who was the first uh, album? What was like, it though? This yeah, is my guy. Like this is this album is my like who which who was that or which album was that? The first album like like I bought personally bought or just you could have bought however you got it, but you were just like yo like it was on rotation. You knew all you went and got heart. My yeah. first, not even my, just had to buy it, but downloaded it. Whatever it was, you you said, bought it I'm like three times. Yeah. <laughs> well, my first guy, like like if we're doing like like superheroes, when you're like, oh, I'm the Red Ranger or wrestling, right. like I'm I'm the Rock or Stone Cold. My first guy was Ti. That was okay. my first guy. Like I was like champion. I mean, well, really, it was like uh, when we was That's in date. like when we were in daycare. It was like we was a Hot Boys fans because we looked at them like superheroes. But when I my personal was like Ti, so when Ti trap around, music, urban legends, Ti or like Wait, urban, urban legend, urban when legend. You okay. were in daycare. You were listening to the Hot Boys. <laughs> was just, they was on your. They was on the radio. I mean, I, again, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't like no deep dive. Like mm. I'm doing research. No, nah, no, nah, I'm just saying I was in. I was a freshman. I mean, you hearing school. that bling bling every time? Yeah, I, you I was know a what I mean? In high school, yeah. yeah I mean, for I me, man, like yeah, I, I was surprised at the time frame. Just, I didn't. I was so. I was like well, in so, high school. Mo, you said for you it was like my first guy, yeah. not but like nineteen to what you say like early twenties, twenty three, twenty five, twenty four. Yeah. So for me, like, like, and you know, I was born in eighty seven. So like, I was like, I had like MC Hammer single on cassette, and I had like the Coolio. Uh, I had No Way Out edited because my mom would let me buy like the parental advisory on. But like my first actual like this is my guy was uh it's dark and hell is hot. I was telling you about that the other day, like the mm-hmm. first X album, and like. That's when I was like, my mom can't know I'm listening to this. I'm just going to rock this out over and over and over. And then I, I remember, bro, I, you remember when Blockbuster had CDs? The first X, 2001, uh, the Marshall Mathers LP. I was on Pac and stuff like that. But So mine kind of began at like 12, 13, 14. And then by the time I was like... So let me ask you. Yeah. What made you pick up ghetto dope and master p if you weren't exposed to any of that like what was it about it was an orange cd case was it the drawings did you know who master p was like why was it that oh i mean bro i was definitely exposed to like i would hear it at school like i would hear uh-huh. like my friends talking about like p and like no limit kids, 
Got it. Got I remember, it. I remember at the lunch table, maybe like third grade, second grade. I remember somebody talking about like Snoop is a no, like they were talking about who their favorite No Limit Soldier was, and everybody was like mystical. And then this dude was like, you uh, know, he was like uh, Snoop, and he was like, that's a new, uh, he's a new No Limit Soldier, and I'm like, what is this No Limit Soldier? Bro, I had the chain eventually and everything, bro. I had the little sterling silver 1999 chain that you would get at Cumberland Mall in like the little uh the little little like little spot or whatever. So no, I knew who they were. And I would, you know, I watched BET and I watched Rap City and I watched all that. So it's so. it's just interesting to me that, that that was the thing that stuck out because contrary to your belief, my other white friend, Chris Platt, <laughs> that does strictly hip hop and basketball, he always says that his first CD that he bought and what he was gravitated to was Jeezy that TM101 mm-hmm. so it's a similar vein like y'all both picked up on a similar thing and he also said I ain't know shit about what, what he was talking about it was just that's what that's what hooked me so I just think that was interesting that that was what it was for both of you guys but my first not being exposed to that my first mm-hmm. album I bought though super late in the game it was Drake nothing was the same I so did, which one is that? The, the, the one with the cloud. The sky? The blue, yeah. yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's his I, I, ne- I never, what like, because I, I was what already. Was download music? Yeah, download music, bro. They I was downloading, boot, bootlegging, whatever. whatever. Pirate. Like, yeah, I was. I absolutely, <laughs> I'm cheap. What, I, I mean, you know I'm cheap. I told y'all that. Like, I tell people that all the time, I'm cheap. Bro. So, but that was like, I remember he did that for uh, Versace verse. He was like, I got the world like, what the, is he planning? And I remember, I was like, man, what is Drake planning? Because that take care was so heat. Oh, God. Stop playing like you wasn't, you don't rock with that. Nothing was the same. Don't even play like that. No, nah, I ain't saying that. I, I, I've never been that type of Drake fan, though. Like, I, I've But I, I can see that, been, though. That's his best album, though. That's his most cohesive. What's it, like 13 tracks? That's mm-hmm. that's like his most, yeah, take care is amazing, too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But yeah I, I had to Fancy give it up. I had to yeah. give it up recent, like uh, probably a year or two ago. My sister was like, "I low key think this is better," and I, I really didn't want to let go to take care. Like I was like, "Nah, that's the best." But I didn't like, just... I didn't like, I didn't like. Uh, uh, nothing was the same one for. I didn't like his voice change. I did, I because I, I wasn't used to it. I didn't like that. And take care was so so far gone esque mm-hmm. that I, I was like, "This is like what so far gone." This is like the 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 uh, accu- accumulation or whatever mm-hmm. uh, of that. And nothing was the same. He switched it up. I didn't like the trying to rap hard and yeah, 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 I, I, yeah. yeah. Worst behavior. <laughs> all that but um to answer your question lou bro no like y'all think beyonce's that big of a star like beyonce may be the biggest star here's the thing here's what i would say Hmm. you reach there's a threshold okay where you reach a a star whether it's a sports player an artist whoever Mm -hmm. that you get past that and you're kind of like you can never go below that level but with michael Mm -hmm. jackson man and I'm not saying this won't happen with Beyonce, but or can't or isn't the case. But bro, you see, like you see, I, I've seen like old pictures of like Easy E and like just like the most hardcore rappers, like just like looking like little kids when they run into Mike. Mike would, but what I would say now is that, that you Beyonce, say that, it's, you know it's, what I mean? He was longer. He was longer. He was famous way longer than Beyonce. But I would also say with the lack of social media, with with with, with only network publication things like that 
Mike had anybody at that time would have had more of a mystique to them, I guess, for lack of a better term. They would have had a better, uh, uh, more of a mystique and like, oh my, it's, oh my gosh, it's Michael Jackson, dude. Like mm-hmm. now, and again, Beyonce, I would say she's just as famous, but not the and same mystique type of famous. For this time of period, like for this day and time. I don't know that I would say mystique. As you can be in this I, I would period? say it's famous. I would say it's when's, famous. I wouldn't say the type of the same mystique though. When's the last time you even heard her talk? That's that's why I, I agree with you on that, Lou. To to like, she does only, she popped when she pops up with an album, that's when she talks. Like so mm-hmm. No, I'm not talking about she interviews. Just dropped, right. In she just album. dropped Renaissance and she, Okay. That's what that's I was gonna say. You hear yeah. her making music. Yeah, that's it. She just dropped Renaissance and we ain't heard her say anything until she accepted this Grammy. Yeah, no, so I'm I'm with that's you on that. I I think I but I don't I, like that either though. I, my bad. Mo. Just what well, you don't like what? Wait, wait, well, you don't like I don't what? like artists not uh talking, not doing press releases around their art. I think mm-hmm. that it's more common nowadays, probably because of social media. Mm-hmm. But all the be like you never hear Jay Z, Future, Drake, Beyonce, mm-hmm. like none of them. It's become like cool artists. Right? Yeah. Kendrick yeah. Lamar. When's the last time you heard of Kendrick Lamar? Do you think that's just to avoid any controversy? Or do you think that's to add to the mistake? Why do you think that I think is? That's part of it too. Nobody wants to have their foot in their mouth, jeopardize because everybody's so sensitive nowadays. Nobody wants to jeopardize their fan base. So they would rather you think that they like this or think that they do that versus Talking, giving conversation. Again, I'm a fan of conversation, which is why I would like to hear more interviews more than yeah. more so than the art. But yeah. I get to also to your point, Dan, why they're not, because they will turn your shit upside down in a heartbeat in today's times. Cause like the thing and the trendy thing to do is the ah, I got you. Oh, is this you? Like the whole Twitter thing is this you and like it's a aha culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. And it's hard mm-hmm. to get past that. So So Mo, you think you think she is? No, I I don't. It, it's it's just a hard gauge. Like if people said she was, I'm not gonna argue. Mm. I did ain't. And I'm like, oh, I'm telling you, bro, Mike. I ain't gonna argue with you. <laughs> y'all know because I can totally versions? see. Y'all know who hip hop version of Michael Jackson? Is? Drake. No. A good guess though. A good guess. I, all is I need alive? is a red jacket with the zippers. No, I'm just, <laughs> just based off the longevity and how long did Mike was famous. Uh, you about to say you ain't about to say. I hope you ain't about to say Jay. No. Yeah, not no Jay. No way. No way. Uh, you was listening to the Hot Boys in preschool. You just told me you were listening to the Hot yeah. Boys in preschool. Bro, you didn't talk about you time damn near, though. You you talked about you are damn near forty status. years old and he is still famous. Nah, stop, bro. No one else has done that. All right, now you act like B dot. <laughs> I, I can't believe y'all. Yeah. Lil Wayne. You think he's as famous? I said hip hop's version. So of course hip hop isn't as famous as pop music, but if we're talking about hip hop's version of that is Lil Wayne. He's been famous since he was nine years old. No one has ever been more famous than he is as a rapper from his hot period. Like that 04 to whatever it is, 06, whatever that was, ain't no rapper ever been hotter than that in the whole history of rap. So you add that into how long he's been a rapper and even you mean still as long being around or today. like as popular. Just that the height, the height of his popularity. At his height of his popularity, no other rapper. I ain't talking I, about Drake. I, I, I'm not talking about Drake. You don't think I'm excluded. I don't think the Drake is a no. I don't think you don't Pac, think Pac's height of his popularity. No, I don't even count him then. He ain't have enough time. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, we're not counting them. No, I'm you just like, I, I, if you weren't on here, his name wouldn't even have came up. I'm just gonna keep. Who, who was that? Who, who was she? Who was that? Eminem. 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 Oh, yeah, 
I, I, I can see that. I'm not even the biggest fan of Eminem. I, I'm just saying in that in that period, just, that first you just got a ride from the culture. Period. He was up there. Nah, he was up there. But I still talking about. The, pure, I'm just Wayne is the most fame. famous rapper ever. I don't agree. Period. Okay, period. Oh, Spike. What are you bro. doing, bro? There's no murals of Wayne. Okay, hold on, hold on. One at a time. What? What? Go, Dan. What was you? Period. There are no murals of Wayne in South America. Africa, Europe. Uh, I don't know if there ever will be. God bless him. I hope there is, but he will never be. He'll never have that. And part of that from Pac is not just his rapping, but from dying from his legend. But no, bro. Like, it, it, like when you mean that's worldwide, bro. How? Okay, I think that's uh, different because. Go ahead. So you let me just get this clear because I, I know I don't want us over talking over each other. It's not gonna come out good on the post. You said no. There's no rapper more famous than Lil Wayne. Is that what you just said? At Lil Wayne's popular, his height in his career, no one has ever been that popular as a rapper. Okay. Not Jay Z, not okay. Tupac, not Biggie, not no no one. When Lil Wayne was Lil Wayne, and you were hearing him everywhere, and he was murdering those verses, that's as hot as a rapper has ever been in the hip hop community in the history of rap. But but here's my thing. I I don't like the thing we do with the Drake, where we do well because you're a Drake fan, so of not, course not. But, but because like people do that, like oh he's not a rapper because I because I happen to be good at two lanes. I'm not a rapper. Mm -mm. Like because well, it, that's not just it either. Okay, but is Kanye a rapper? Yes. Okay. Then what you could argue Wayne is pop too. But 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 I'm not even oh, talking about. Pop. Hold on, but like, Drake is more so of an entertainer than Sammy Davis Jr. stuff like that. Because he got into the game acting, and he's still carrying that act on. So I, I'm, I'm not even saying the same. You're adding. He's you're, just you're, a you're pop adding, star. You're adding like Drake, qualifiers. Drake, that, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm just saying that Drake is bigger than rap. In some kind of way, Drake fans take that as a slight, which I've never understood. You wouldn't say Wayne. Like, why would you? Is bigger than rap? No, he okay. is rap. I might I agree. With he that. is rap. I might agree. I don't with think that. the Wayne's bigger. See, I, I think, think we Drake use, is something different. But I think we use rap as a lower thing. Like, mm. yeah, so we're, we're, why we're would so it be class, a diss like, to him if we using it as lower though? I'm elevated if saying he's bigger than rap. But but then but here's what I say: when we say he's bigger than rap, we almost say, okay, mm -hmm. let's remove the the rap from under you. You're bigger than rap, so you're not rap. No, you he's are rap plus more. That's how he should be categorized. I don't like when people do that, not because just because I'm a fan, but this before the ghostwriting. We were having real conversations about a possibility of top five, top ten, because he Absolutely. wasn't missing. This was real. Absolutely. This was a real conversation. You don't have to admit it. Animal Brown, no, any, any people that are not fans, we started Where having that conversation. This? Where was this the conversation then? Like, y'all, bro, you told me, bro, Lou, you, I remember, I, I remember 2011, bro. I remember you, or maybe 2012. I remember I was, I was super on J. Cole. I was on J. Cole since the warm up, and I was telling you, like, Yo, this dude J. Cole, man, like, and he dropped his first project, which was cool. Mm -hmm. But I remember you saying, like, yeah, I think Drake is just gonna wash it. Like, like, I think Drake's gonna wash him. Like, and you didn't, I don't wrong? think you meant, but I don't think you meant at the time on like a pop fame level. I, I think did you meant mean as a rapper. Just based off successful. That song, like, that mm -hmm. song in itself was nothing that, like, J. Cole can't do that. Even For 20 sure. years ago, right? So, like, having that as a foundation and a base. Showed me then that Drake was a different type of like. Even when you first heard that "So Far Gone," like you knew that was different. Like I wasn't no mm -hmm. rap shit. He could rap. He's dope at rapping, but that ain't no rap shit.
That's different. But people forget about like y'all. Ch- you kind of, in my opinion, okay. how I look at it, Mo, you kind of minimize it by saying, "Well, I want him to be classified as this too." It's like you can't. That ain't his lane. Just simply put, like the, I think the, that would be minimizing his input to say, "Oh, he's the best rapper," because he's so much more than that. He even brought something different to hip hop. Even though I'm not saying that he's exemplary to Tory in what a rapper is, he did add an element to it. Mm-hmm. So well, here's what I'm saying, but it's like to me, he he's Dion Sanders, bro. He's Dion. Like I I no I am I am rap, but I'm also this too. I think that when we keep mm. doing that, no, I'm I am baseball. Like when they like, why don't you choose? Comparison, bro. I like that. And, and, and if y'all want, if if somebody wants to say, oh, he's not defined, whatever, Bojack, whatever y'all want to say, but it's like no, but. No, I am this and I am that. Like Kanye is going to go down if we're doing our Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer in rap and a Hall of Famer in producing. I'm going to give him both of those. And now, how we feel about clothing and all the other stuff, fine. Drake acting, entertaining, fine. But I think Hall of Fame wise, we got to do, if we're going to do the pop, we got to definitely put the rap in there. I think that's a great point because you can't. Well, I'm not take saying that he not away the rap one Hall thing. of Fame. I'm not. He's definitely you can, a rap hall of fame. You can do that. I don't think being to your point about Dion and and Bo, like I don't, I don't think that if you're great at one thing and you're great at the other, it doesn't take away from you being great at the first thing, right? Yeah, it don't. Dion is so, a better athlete. Like I would consider. Then just Drake like is a rapper. Drake. No, no, just hmm. using the same comparison. If I were to say. Who's the best football player? There are people that I could name that are better football players than Deion Sanders, just like I could name better rappers than Drake. But if you ask me who's a better athlete, just like if you ask me who's a better artist with Drake, I would say Dion. So I, okay. I, I understand right. the comparison. I see that. Yeah, that's good. I, I get that. All right. That's a great, great pool right there. That the athlete artist thing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So Drake is a hell of an artist. I don't want like I, I it always confused me when his fans do that. Like, I ain't knocking him by saying he ain't the best rapper. But to the original point of this, <laughs> Lil Wayne is the hottest rapper ever. Mm. Like in in my opinion, hottest run ever. Had the hottest once yes. once we Had exclude three run. three other rappers, nobody was excluded. Y'all made up Hold on, points wait. So, that so, I knocked so. down. All right, let's just get three rappers and we can move on. Really, I promise we can move on. I, I know we dwell in this. People not here for hip hop. They really like rolling their eyes. Man, like, like, I know, uh, I know some of my guys hit me up. Like, man, what did you? Since it wasn't no on deck this week, y'all just gonna take the conversation over here. <laughs> all right, all right, we gonna all right, move my on. Man. I promise. We'll, I got we'll, y'all. I got y'all. All right, we'll we'll put that. Y'all just tune in Tuesday, man. We'll we'll, bring, yeah. <laughs> we'll try to bring something. <laughs> go ahead, man. <laughs> you had some thoughts for this week. I had some thoughts. Uh, you were asking about the flashback episode. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, from that, we can go right into your mm-hmm. other question because that's kind of rapping will lead us into some other stuff. You asked, mm-hmm. was Tupac the first or an anti hero? Mm-hmm. Similar to Tony Soprano, mm-hmm. similar to last week when I was telling you to look at the show and saying that he was a great anti hero. Yeah, Alonzo uh, from Train Today. Alonzo from Train Today. Franklin What did Sane. you think? Did, did you consider him an anti hero? You know, it when y'all did, y'all talked about the movie, it just kind of triggered. I was like, you know what? Pac might have been an anti-hero and it's weird because you love him or you love to hate him you know I feel like that that's kind of like a weird consensus out there he is a hero when you get to your dear mamas and he is a hero when you get to the Brenda's got a baby but then he's the villain when he gets <laughs> when he gets to talk about Biggie get talk about Puff get talking about Dre so and he's talking real reckless Machiavelli you know what I mean so I was thinking I was like it's Tupac like one of the first anti-heroes that we've seen in hip-hop 
What what do you what do you think, Dan? Man, would you? I mean, that's a great question. I never thought about it like that. Um, easy, easy. man. God, I think. Easy, well, easy. yeah, but I think they they kind of trying to paint. Like we always talk about, Mo. There is no normal hip hop artist that you can really say that has been successful. They always try to paint whoever's the most popular artist as the anti-hero anyway. Even in some instances, Drake or Kendrick or J. Cole, mm-hmm. you still have them being painted as the anti-hero or the anti, you know, regular or good guy. So I think that's just an overall trope for hip hop artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought about um I mean, he, if it, it, you mentioned in Machiavelli, man, and like when you listen to Against All Odds or even the intro, like Bomb First, like it's almost like he became that and he knew he, like, it almost like that was his destiny to become that. And uh, it's tragic in a lot of ways as well. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, um, that's a great question. Yeah. I, I would say, I would say, yeah. I would say, yeah. Um, because even think about it, we've probably all seen Training Day a dozen times. But even when you watch Training Day, one thing Antoine Fuqua said, when he directed it, I was listening to commentary years ago and he was like, what shocked me was even after Alonzo kills Roger and they take his money and then he's sitting in the car with Jake and he's like, this is the, this is the game, son. Mm-hmm. The audience was still going for Alonzo and he was like, I was shocked. Like, I thought I thought they would be like, OK, this dude's obviously evil. Mm-hmm. And they were like, nah. So it's like even when you watch Training Day now. Even though you know the ending, you love him, bro. So it's like, yeah, I would, I would, I would say I agree with that, man. We love like, to see flaw. Like we love to see flawed people, man. Like, like people and that was the that first one he got the Oscar for. My bad, yeah. People that aren't the like perfect heroes, like Breaking Bad, Walter White, Tony mm-hmm. Soprano, like we talk about mm-hmm. all the time. Like we love those people. Mm-hmm. Like those people that get to say fuck the system, fuck the man, and we get mm-hmm. to like to pop doing the whole thing and spitting mm-hmm. on the dude outside the courtroom. Like we love that shit. So yeah, I could see that one hundred percent. And 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 just to kind of steamroll it a little further, we do like to see that because we identify with those internal flaws that we have. Yeah, I think ultimately what because everything ain't all good and everything ain't all bad. So when we see those anti heroes, we see some good there. You know, we again like Pac, we see those those certain joints that uplift the community. And we see those other things where it's vengeance and rage. But it 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 we identify with it because it's like, man, I feel that way too sometimes. I do have anger sometimes. I do be mad about things sometimes. Very and I think, human. Yeah, I'm, it, it makes us human and balanced. That's why I think I identify so much with a Pac as an anti-hero or, or Alonzo. Even and I just want to just put a bow on it with the Alonzo thing after that. The thing in that movie Training Day, because that's my favorite movie of all time. When after he does that, he goes in a car. He's like, "Look, I promise you, every day is not like this." You know, and he tells like everybody's transferring and going a different way. So even then, at that point, and 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 you believe there is some good in Lon- in Alonzo. There's these moments where you could tell he looks at Jake and he's reminded of when he wasn't as corrupt. You could tell those moments are come through, but he has a bottom line. He has to. You know, obviously, we know the movie. You got to pay the Russians and all that other stuff. But you can tell just through that acting, maybe or maybe the script. But he had some good in him more good and jake reminds him of that uh hmm. you know so it i think we just connect with that like the idea of you know just understand that we're not alone when we look at our flaws you know what i mean mm. do you yeah. guys ever do you gauge your moral compass on whether you consider those people like good or bad guys like did you well, see, was a was alonzo yeah. a good guy or a bad guy to you 
So I'll I was going to say. I'll answer first. He was a good yeah. guy to me. Like, even seeing everything that he did, like, Tony Soprano is a, is a good guy to me. Like, it's, Walter White, on the other hand, is a bad guy. Okay. Hold on. I, well, I, I, I was going to say, I think that. I think that's what's so genius about The Wire is that uh-huh. it's all gray, right? There's no, like, the cops are can be crooked or they can be cool. Uh, the criminals can be crooked or they can be cool. And if you notice, one thing I noticed, David Simon never put any score music in The Wire. Whenever you watch The Wire, if you run it back, there's no ominous music like- when the... Because it's just life, bro. It's just, this is what goes on. Yeah, this is what happens. So real, exactly. So yeah. Um, Even in that, I look at McNulty as a bad guy. In I do too. I would as well. Bad guy. Well, you know, but I think, I think Spike. I think that's that deeper thing you with authority. Authority, one hundred percent. It is. I don't think it's like. I think there's a bias coming into it. But I I, like even. Yeah, go ahead. I thought about that yesterday. I went to the gym with my homeboy. My wife, like you said, think about this out here, and uh, even with the authority that he was like trying to tell me his workout and shit, and I was listening, but in my head I'm like, man, shut up, nigga, I can do this. Like, I don't need you to tell me, like, come on, man, one more. I'm like, bro, shit, like, but I've always been like that, and I know it's a thing ever, bro. That's the most loot thing ever, bro. He like his, he had full intention. He was motivating. He wasn't (laughs) trying to help you out, man. That's just how I take it. Like, man, shut up. I don't need you to tell me the sets and shit. Yeah. Nigga, I don't need all of that. But that's that's hilarious. That's the Louisms. That's the Louisms. And a Louism. Yeah. Yeah. But but I but I'm working on that, man. But you know, I respect it, Lou. I really respect you so much because we can sit here every week and have these conversations. You can be like, well, you, you know how people hit you with the cliche of like, well, I mean, this is just how I am. Mm-hmm. Not willing to grow when they there's a clear issue. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much about let me bend to the will of others in regards to I want to make them feel more comfortable with me, mm-hmm. but it's more along the lines where it's like okay, this could really affect some outcomes in my life. Let me really Maybe consider I've been this. Doing it wrong, absolutely. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm working on it. Now I may I'm not 100 be able to, yeah, I mean, yeah. put it into effect, but I do, like you said. And one of the things as we start to get into what we usually do here is great about this podcast and coming here every week, as you were talking about one time before, Mo, and hopefully for the people that listen to this too. I know one of the guys sent us a tweet and he was talking about one of our Tuesday episodes when we said, hey, man, you may posted the whole clip. I don't know if you saw the clip, Mo, but you were he posted the minute and 15 seconds when you were talking about, hey, man, you're successful at where you are. You may want to do other things. You remember you were talking about your wife and how you were telling her yeah. that she was successful and the guy that tweeted us was saying, man, I went to a job. I got the job. I didn't really want the job I wanted. And I was listening to you guys on the way to that. And it made me understand that I may not be there, mm-hmm. but I am getting there. Mm-hmm. And my point in saying that, just like me noticing that in the gym yesterday, coming here, having these conversations helps us understand that I ain't got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It ain't got to be right right now. But as long as I can talk about it, address it, speak freely about it and know that there are some flaws there and you're working to address it. That's what we do here. That's what this podcast is all about. Being able to mm-hmm. put those things on the table and elevate each other conversations, mm-hmm. have more perspective and well thought out things that you're doing. So 100 percent. man. Yes, sir. You have some thoughts. I did, man. So we talked about knowledge being wealth. And this hit me throughout the week, too, when I was looking at something. But you asked the question, Mo, and you were like, well, why do we put so much stake in having money? Mm-hmm. Remember you said that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that sometimes 
especially in our community and i'd like to hear your opinion too dan even though i just say our community is still good perspective to have from you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the reason that we put so much onus on money is because we lack a lot of the knowledge that we need to get ahead so you substitute that like even when you become more affluent and rich the things that you don't know how to do you pay somebody to do them mm -hmm. so in our community when you say well why we put so much onus on money is because a lot of the stuff that we're supposed to know the information was hidden from us and we just didn't go get it it ain't we don't have it so we see having money as i don't need the information or the knowledge i got the money so it don't matter you ain't you gotta treat me this way because i have money could that possibly be a reason why we put so much onus on money because we know a lot of knowledge and information and things that we're supposed to have as far as in your database that we don't have mm. did that come off correct y'all understand what i'm no, saying yeah i do dan what, yeah. what I, i'll let you cook first dan what 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 do you take from that well yeah so from my perspective um you know so i was talking to my boy today um white dude and he uh he we were talking about just money and you know I was talking about we were talking about saving money and uh, i don't know if y'all have ever read uh, robert kiyosaki uh, rich dad poor dad you ever heard of that book mm -hmm. yep. um mm -hmm. essentially it the book is about he, you know his parents divorced he had he had uh his 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 real dad was like a kind of blue collar didn't make a lot of money and was always like save money you got to make sure you save that money save that money and his stepfather was an entrepreneur and he was much more on, like you say, the knowledge. And it, it that is what ended up leading to the money. So it goes hand in hand. And I was talking to my boy today about like, he was telling me how his, 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 his one of his grandfathers was like, oh, you got to save that, man. You got to save that. And he, he said his other grandfather was always, his whole mindset was always, well, I'll just make more money. Like, it wasn't about like, I need to put this away, bro. That yeah exactly like what he it was always a a mindset of i want the knowledge or the relationships to get more money if i'm so focused on like i gotta save the money i gotta save the money um then i'm gonna forever be in that loop and i bro even just a personal like from a personal standpoint i remember you know we didn't grow up with a lot of money and i remember my dad blue collar dude you know he used to like he would like he would do things that in the short term might save us a couple bucks but it was never long term and we never got it, it would never be anything that was compounding or anything like that so i mean we, we like a pawn of vcr or something like that or whatever it was and like he did what he had to do and i, I love him for it but yeah. i just think that it was nothing tangible it was nothing tangible and, yeah. and and when we talk about knowledge as well i say all that to say bro i didn't know how to i mean and we'll get to this later as far as like 20s to now but like Bro, he didn't tell me how to balance a checkbook. He didn't tell me how to do a budget. He didn't tell me any of that stuff. So, like, you know, there are dudes that I, when I come in contact with, like, like dudes who grew up with wealth and money, you know, in Buckhead. Buckhead is a, a, a richer part of Atlanta. Like, mm -hmm. and like, they're from that kind of like Ivy League bread type family. And these dudes, even if they don't have, the type of job that like somebody else has or some major position i can just tell that they have this wealth of knowledge that goes back generations on how to build relationships and get money so i hope that makes sense yeah so for me it, it's hand in hand man and like the knowledge yeah that's what i'd say um yeah i i, I agree too and, and 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 spike you said it like you kind of you kind of changed my mind i don't know if you listen back but 
you said a statement which is the same statement that i talked about a, a gentleman earlier uh eric dizzy um he had made the same statement but you had said when we talked about nick cannon and you said but he's able to keep making money in all of these different fields wouldn't you say that's a talent and then mm-hmm. i was just like mm, like i had to kind of eat that mm-hmm. so eric dizzy said to me because we had we were talking about some concepts this is way before i approached you and i remember when he said to me he was like yeah i, I really like it then he kind of let it marinate they hit me back and was like yeah i don't know like i don't know how we can make money from this and I, 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 at the time, I still wasn't like for the passion. Creative, like, Maurice. Yeah, creative. Why does money cre- matter? Yeah, he's a creative. He a creative too, but he's done it a little longer. So, I, so he's like, we gotta be able to make money. So I don't know if this might not, this basically may not be a, a go. And so I'm just like, man, forget all that. Like, man, look, we could put this out. This is gonna be dope. You know what I mean? Uh, but now that I'm at this space and I'm, I'm really putting a lot of effort into it. I'm starting to understand that, okay, there is certain spaces in life that you have to equate value. Cause your time costs, like your you can't time, do this. Your time yeah, like, costs, yeah. bro. And even like you said, if you love this and you were willing to do it and didn't get anything from it, like nothing, mm-hmm. you would have to explain that to your family, the people that love you and be like, well, why are you doing or mm-hmm. allocating all of this time that mm-hmm. could be going to your family? Like I, mm-hmm. I got a friend that's a football coach and his, his wife, his girl and my girl are friends. And sometimes she can because he's a little league football coach. Okay. So you're really doing that for the passion. Yeah, for the love. But he like is all in. I'm talking about we going road trips for a week. Like I'm gonna be gone all week. We got three games today. We got three games tomorrow. Like I'm going to pick the kids up. The kids coming to stay over my house. Like oh, wow. he all in. All in. But again, he's not getting paid for it. But he loves it naturally his girl is gonna ask well like bro you could be <laughs> like could have built the deck in the backyard and you could have got the grass you could have cooked anything rather than allocating all that time to this which i'm sure you love it mm-hmm. but what does it do for like the people around you how much yeah. does it provide for them which is a question that you know you you yeah. wrestle with as a man because you yeah. are supposed to be a provider mm-hmm. so i just that just made me think of that there when you said that there's a such thing as uh I may not have the, the terminology exactly, but social uh, equity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. There, there, there is some things that money can't buy. I know mm-hmm. you're you're a fan of Charlemagne, right? Uh, uh, not anymore. Maybe you used to be, or I used, you, yeah, I used to be a bigger fan. Okay, than I am. Yeah, I well, yeah, I well, I think we probably both was a fan at the time. I don't. Dan, was you ever a fan of Charlemagne or like boys? Yeah, he was entertaining. It was never like as my guy. Before, okay, never yeah. Okay. Before 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 he only started talking about mental health and like you know. I start wearing no, the pants right. with the plaids. It's almost <laughs> like he became a character of Charlotte. Yeah, but yeah, but go, yeah. yeah, he started to. Yeah. But I was though. I, I liked him. Yeah. Okay, like because I was definitely on the brilliant idiots wave at the same oh, time with the, with the with the button. Yeah. But uh, but Charlemagne talked about getting an opportunity from Wendy Williams. You know, back yep. in the day, like you know. Yep. I was read. I probably read half his book. I didn't get through the whole book, but I read half his book when I was working at a school. And he talked about like kind of that equity, that opportunities. Like there's sometimes opportunities are more than actual money. So him taking that day is like, hey, look, we can't pay you, but we can give you a place to stay. You can come out to New York. And this is a boy from South Carolina. So it's like I'm from the South with an F. 
and there's an opportunity here to go to New York, the, one of the meccas, East Coast. I can be a part of this radio show, this talk show. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't make money from this, but I can. There's opportunity there, so I think that with this gentleman that your friend that coaches there may be opportunity not necessarily that it may blow up his career from a success level but there's a uh uh uh, investment in the soul or in the future of these boys and that might be the payoff that may be a challenge for her to understand but that is a payoff it's like now i'm getting into uh was it thespian what what is the word for uh, 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 when people do good for communities, you know they give a award out. BT, I don't even remember what the the term is, but they give it out every year. But like it basically, it's like where you put so much into the community, you know. So I philanthropist, philanthropist, yes, philanthropy. So there is an invest investment from a philanthropy standpoint with these boys that I am trying to do my due diligence in regards to that. I may not make money, I am losing time, but there is something I'm doing for the next generation that I may not see the seed. Uh, grow, but I'm doing I'm doing my part because if I don't do it, who will? So sometimes mm. you got to weigh that option too. There's a value in it if you're passionate about it. I think. I guess. Time. I guess the I That's guess the it. question would be. Uh, I was gonna say. I guess the question would be like, what is the end game, right? Like, yeah. if the end game is simply a passion project, well, then yeah, you know, I think that as men, especially, we have priorities. Um, and those have to be prioritized but to, to your point about charlemagne if it's something that you think like so i would say with your boy lou like if it's some if he has like a goal in mind like yo listen i know and he can tell his lady like love yo listen i get it okay i get it this is the plan though like you want a woman who as long as it's not like something crazy like i want to play ball professionally and you can't but <laughs> if it's something attainable like you want a woman who can ride with you and, and who can support that um but asking her to ride with you and support that i think you also owe it to her to have feasible what do we talk about smart goals uh and i forget the acronyms but like you know realistic attainable time you know tangible tangible, right exactly so i think i think that would be in my opinion the determining factor on the level of time and energy that a man should put into it Mm. what do you think lou both of you guys bring up good points and I'm going to remove it from their particular situation because I don't want people to think I'm still talking about them. Oh, however, however, I do kind of disagree with you guys. Mm. Let's say in that scenario, if your significant other, the person that you're spending your life with has came to you and they've said, though, hey, man, like this thing, this don't work for me. Like I'm you you right Dan you can tell them the the 10 year plan you can tell them hey man this is the goal this is what I'm trying to do you'd write more you can tell them it's philanthropy and I'm I'm looking out for these kids best interest but if you have someone that you're spending your every day with and they have came to express to you and they say and again I'm not talking about them anymore I'm just giving an example let's just say podcasting we just use right. that as this yeah exactly sure. if someone has come to you that you're spending your time with and you made this social agreement that you guys have we're partners and we're in a relationship and that's saying man i don't like the way i don't like how i'm comparing to that thing right there that you do like how do you make that adjustment as a man because you don't want to you're going to look at them with resentment because this is something that i love this is something that i want to do mm-hmm. i'm like you said mo i'm making an investment for a 10 15 year future mm-hmm. if you're dealing with someone and they like well that's cool and all and i love you and and what you can do for me i'm just not being fulfilled with you doing so much of that Mm -hmm. 
would you hold that against them would you be resentful because they want more of your time and are taking away from something that you quote unquote love because you love them too yeah yeah so how do you make that decision you're cooking um i had a conversation with my wife recently you know Mm. she's in school get into it yeah she's she's in school and (laughs) i I, we've had conversation we've been back and forth about this for a while where she has a blueprint i tell her all the time the things that i'm into there's no blueprint because i'm i'm a creator Mm. i'm a i'm a i'm creative i'm abstract with my thinking this is why I didn't I wasn't so great in school because these things operate in just a logical educational standpoint, but not not from an art standpoint. So she's like, okay, well you're doing this and that. Well you don't have to really you don't have to really create these these uh these videos or you don't have to create these memes or you don't have to record this this often or this. But I had to explain, I said, This is my school. This is my this is my education. This is my step because you don't understand because of you have a blueprint to what you're trying to do versus I'm carving out a new lane. I'm creating new blueprints. You have to understand that it takes time. What we have to do as men is be able to articulate. It takes time. You should definitely come to your woman or your significant other or whoever it is that you need. You're trying to explain what you're trying to do. You should definitely come to them and have took time to think about and obsess about the goal. Now, if they don't understand it, they don't understand it. But you definitely take time to be able to at least articulate this is the goal. Mm. Now, if they don't agree with it, that's fine. They don't see the vision and that's okay. Because it's hard. We can't get passionate about other people's passions. That's just the human nature. No, people can't get passionate for other people because they don't have a vision. You know what I mean? However, we could be supportive. So I don't understand it, but I see you really are into it. That's a key thing to what you say, the support part of it. Because mm-hmm. sometimes what we fail to realize with our partners, if you're in a traditional relationship, a mm-hmm. man and a woman, mm-hmm. is that we think so differently. Mm-hmm. Right, like our whole thought mm-hmm. processes are differently. You never really yeah. realize that till you are on a communication level to where y'all mm-hmm. can talk about what y'all feeling. You're like, oh, okay, I didn't even mean it that mm-hmm. way. So I say That's... that to your point, Mo. The reason that sometimes, and this is me a man saying this, so mm-hmm. if I'm out of place, women that are listening, let me know. The reason mm-hmm. that sometimes, like in your example, Mo, a woman would question that passion and that creativity is because she's in school. There is a designated system. I know if I go here, mm-hmm. I do this for four years, mm-hmm. I'm going to get a degree. And if I do what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to use that degree to get this job, to make this amount of money. Like women like that certainty. That, they they love that. Yeah, that's what women, they, mm-hmm. they get off on that. Mm-hmm. Us, however, like sometimes as men, we feel better like flying by the seat of our pants. I'm going to see if this shit works. I'm going to see if it figures it out. I'm good at it. Somebody told me they liked it. Shit, all of these people listening to it, I'm gonna go try it. But she can't really wrap her mind around that because there is no, in four years, this is going to happen guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And then when I get to this benchmark, this is going to happen guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So you're right, absolutely, Mo. Sometimes it just has to be like you have to find that person Mm -hmm. who got faith in you. Mm -hmm. I don't know your process. You explained (laughs) it to me. I don't get it. It's cool. Mm -hmm. If you believe it, you like it, I love it. 
but it, it, it's so hard to get to that place yeah. though if you're not able to communicate with that other person like yeah. what i'm trying to do because they looking at it totally different from yeah. us like they like structure yeah Dan, what i think you the funda I, I think the fundamental I, I wouldn't disagree with that and i don't think we would disagree I, I think the fundamental key especially like you said when you touched on women and this is like you know this is biology bro like women crave security we crave we want to go slay dragons we want to conquer we want to mm -hmm. go out into the world we want to dump you know we that's 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 our nature mm -hmm. what's the adventure i think i think exactly we want the great adventure right and i think that the fundamental question that you have to ask when you're chasing this is if you are in a committed relationship or, you know, especially if you're married and you have a family, can I, what, you know, am I able to do that and chase that whilst maintaining food, <laughs> lights, Shelter, gas, water, yeah. stuff like that? So I think that, and again, you know, I'm, I'm a man speaking, but I think a woman is called to be supportive and a helper to her man and his mission. However, with that said, a man's primary objective once he has a family is to provide. Mm -hmm. So that has to be your baseline and your priorities. So that I, I would say it rests on that. You know what I mean? So if she's taken care of, if she is, if she is, if she's fed, and, and I don't just mean like, you know, beans and rice. I mean like if, if you're, and, and not just money either. Like if yeah. you're putting in time as a father and a husband, emotional support, uh, emotional support women need that invested mm -hmm. fully, um, then yeah, I think she's called to follow you. But I don't think that it is, it is, I don't think it would be the right thing to do to say, I'm going to sacrifice in that area to, it, to some degree. Because yeah, you're going to resent her if you do. Like now, right. and, now and, you get to this point yeah. where you see so many men that are unhappy in relationships that are in the suburbs that are going to the nine to fives. They're making decent money, but they fucking miserable. I know you didn't talk yeah. to these dudes Ooh. because they didn't gave up on their dreams. That's now all it's about is taking care of their family, picking up the kids from daycare, making sure the wife is good, buying the wife presents. What do you do for yourself? Oh, you like we kind of lose that sometimes, like you said, <laughs> you, man. Like yeah. you lose that being a man. You're like, damn, bro. You look up and all you got is a football game on. Sunday. You see, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry you for see, Mo, he don't even watch see, sports. <laughs> you see yourself <laughs> becoming like that caricature of like the everybody loves the Raymond. You, Dad, see you sit on the couch. Oh, just the games on. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, what is my yeah. life, bro? Yep. What yeah. am I doing? It's 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 so it's a fine balance to get to that, and I think that's, yeah. a lot of the times that's, that's we can't real. communicate that as men, so we just bottle that frustration up. We just go yeah. with it because happy wife, happy life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But sometimes you got to be happy too, and you got to yeah. find a woman that, that that support that. Like that's so hard for, not so hard, but you have to come to a point as a man where you know that you're looking for that, mm -hmm. in order to be able to get that. Like that, that ain't something that's just gonna happen. Yeah. Like you gotta ask for that. You gotta tell some you have to tell a woman to be able to treat you like that. And you gotta back it up though. Yeah. Like you gotta be there and be doing all the shit that you yeah. want. Like what yeah. you said, Dan, that emotional support being there for you. If the expectation is I need some leeway in my dreams. Yeah. Give you know what I'm saying? Give so, me some grace. Yeah, give, give me some, some grace. Cause I'm gonna be there for you. Yeah. Like that's my big thing. Not even yeah. even outside relationships. Yeah. Just I'm dream. real big on that with people. Like yeah. how people handle me and how I handle them because there are people that I consider my friend. Like, I'm gonna be there for you. Mm -hmm. So like I expect that type of grace if I need something yeah. from you, because you're gonna be able to get that from me. Yeah, yeah for sure. And and, and and I'm gonna be full transparent and vulnerable because I'm I'm really feeling this this energy here. But like, you know, 
if people have listened to previous episodes, me and my father-in-law, mm-hmm. we haven't spoke since we had that real tragic night of being at odds. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I'm in a challenging space because I have this information that I spoke about at the top of the episode. My wife wants me to put everything aside and say, hey, what you're feeling, I get it, but this is life or death. You need to go ahead and you need to speak to him. You could be encouraging to him. You could be a light for him. You don't know what you could be. But while that's understood, he hasn't reached out to me neither. I get it. We're prideful. We're men. That's what we do, unfortunately. I'm in a tight space. And I'm having a hard time. I'm trying to now heal at a faster pace because I understand what's on the table right now. We were super tight. We were super tight. I mean, super tight. And that's what makes it so hard to get past it because when you expose yourself to a uh, to a whole new experience like Spike, let's say you expose yourself to, uh, uh, you know, I don't normally do this, but I'm gonna make myself open to this friendship. I'm gonna make myself open to this person as my business partner, whatever. And then something goes left and you were super invested. It's so hard to come out of that. Sure, we'll be like, ah, oh, man, forget it, whatever. It's all good. But if we were to be honest about it, when we were invested and we actually liked that relationship, it's very challenging. It hurts your feelings. Yeah. You can't believe they do you. Like I can't that. believe it. Can't believe. So I'm going through that actively, and I'm trying to get past it, so mm. I can do what I need to do. But it is so hard, bro. I mean, let me ask you a question. Yeah, Dan. Dan, that's Dan. Praise. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Would you like some feedback on it, or were you just trying to get that off? Just wanted to get that off your chest. I mean, if you if if you're moved to have feedback, I'm I'm open. Well, yeah, okay. From what I hear you saying, my observation of it is kind of selfish on your end. Of why do you have to get over it? Right? Like, I think sometimes we get so caught up in our feelings, and I'm not. Absolved mm-hmm. it and said, "Oh, I'm probably more guilty of it than you, because mm-hmm. uh, I can hold some shit as well." So this <laughs> yeah. guy gets who may be able to see this. Mm-hmm. I think your wife is right when she says, "Well, you should reach out for him. He needs you at this point, because your feelings can still be hurt. Mm-hmm. You can still feel that way, and you can still be a better man and be like, you know what? He's going through something. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna dismiss my feelings. I ain't gonna." wash the shit away we may not never address it however mm-hmm. i am a big enough and good enough man in society in general that i know that it's on me to be like hey man are you okay you gonna be do you need anything because you're going through something that i couldn't imagine yeah so i do feel like that you are that type of guy from what i know more from what i've met of you mm-hmm. so it really and this is hard to get by because again i still deal with this it's hard to be like, yeah, you hurt my feelings. Yeah, you fucked me over. Yeah, I feel this certain type of way, but that really don't matter right now because there are bigger issues at hand. Mm-hmm. And it ain't going to feel good all the time. Mm-hmm. But if I'm looking at you and you want my synopsis from it, the person that I know you to be from having these conversations and where we're trying to take this to and what you want people to receive every time you come here, and you're, you're being open and honest. Honest feedback would be like, there's no reason to continue to hold the grudge, especially in that situation that you're saying he's in. 
Like it may have hurt your feelings. It may stick with you for a long time. You may not ever get over it. However, I think that there's a greater precedent at hand, especially if not for you, if not even for you, for your wife, because you committed to that relationship. It ain't even for him. Yeah, Yeah, like your wife came and asked you that as the man that she loves, the person that I put my love, my respect, like what we were just talking about, that grace that you look for from her to chase your dreams. She looking for that same grace. Like, yeah, y'all might not be on the same terms, but for me, the type of man that I look at you, this is her saying this, the type of man that yeah. she look at you and see you as, oh yeah, 100%, you should be the one to to, to extend that olive branch. Wow. I think that yeah, says bro. a lot too, because that's her dad, right? Yeah. I think that says a lot too. I don't know if she said this to her dad, but for her to go to you over him and be like, you the one that she feel like should open the door. Yeah. I think that says a lot to how she looks at you as a man versus the man that she grew up with. That's a great point. Yeah, man. And um, I mean, that's heavy, bro. And like, you know, one thing, one thing I always kind of get agitated when Christians like just throw verses just immediately, like, because it, mm-hmm. me saying to God at some point, I'm here. Me man. saying go. this to you is, <laughs> is it's so easy for me to say it because I'm not in your situation. Right. Yeah. Um, And I can hold a mean grudge, bro. I can hold a mean grudge. I'm like Lou, bro. Like you hurt my feelings, bro. Or like, it's something <laughs> like, I can hold it, but um, but I, I, after our conversation, to be completely honest, man, I, I would be remiss, and I don't think I'd be doing a service if I didn't like Colossians three thirteen. Bear with each other, forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. While you know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for. So, the objective standard and and God that we follow, bro, like. And again, it's so easy for me to sit here and yeah, say that because it's not yeah. me, but yeah cling to that as much as you can in that man is like that's that that is the essence of what we put everything into and um that that's the ultimate example so but i agree with lou man i mean it's really not even for him it's really it's 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 ultimately for her yeah so i'd agree with that as well yeah and and you yeah well before you ask and and i i've been processing this we we had the conversation last night and I, i processed this today just throughout the day of my work day within listening to podcasts and stuff and I sometimes I feel like a coward because I have a trigger I, I, I spoke to this with Dan but one of my triggers is rejection and if I build myself up to come to that place where say okay look I'm going to put everything aside for these reasons that y'all have listed and it's kind of tennis ball back the other way I'm scared of where I will be as a man as a person at that point will I because I I don't handle rejection that well when I when I'm vulnerable and exposed and open because I really be uh I'm not gonna hold nothing back when I'm when I'm loving when I'm being this because I don't know how else to be and I'm trying to get past that fear and I'm not, and I know that we don't have the spirit of fear. And I'm not fearful in regards to like I can't do it, but yeah. more so, I'm trying to get past the thought process of all of these possibilities. Maybe it could be this. Maybe it could be that. Maybe it could go. What this is your way. biggest fear? We go back into the situation, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything that I've tried because I'm at a space. Let, let, let me preface it this way: I'm at a space where I'm able to talk about it with her 
I'm in a positive space. I want I really want good for them. I ain't talking no negative. I'm I'm mm-hmm. my heart goes out. You just them. don't want to be a part of it. But I well, I just don't want to have to be yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. You don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back there because I feel that if that door opens, because we, we tried to reconcile and it went super left at that time. Uh, and it's like I don't want to open that door and then it's worse and it's like with good intention. Like mm. before. The intention is good, but the pain is still there. So when we open that door of conversation, it goes right back there. You feel what you feel. I feel what I feel. And we're stuck. And now everything that I said on a positive note about, hey, look, I see what you're going through. I understand all that. It goes right down. Because cause to be even more transparent, the night that it really kind of put a, for me at that moment, put a, a nail in the coffin was just like, you know, I still led with look I appreciate everything that y'all have done and it still ended up be like the way you acting I don't want to hear that no more I, I don't want to hear that no more and I can't get that memory and I'm not talking about in a calm voice <laughs> mind you it's a loud <laughs> yelling voice yeah. and I can't get that memory I'm trying to get that out because I am trying to be obviously like the Lord like I want to forgive and I actually I have forgiven that's not the issue but to that's take, what I was going to ask you yeah I've forgiven like I'm not I'm not even mad at all like that's not even my problem I'm just trying to get to a place where I can have the courage to step up even though I, mm. I feel otherwise yeah, I man. think you yeah. being the leader of this family should step up and, and, and we should have a conversation even before this recent news but it still hasn't happened, and for me, I have to Who? step up. And, wait, 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 wait! You're okay. saying it hasn't happened from his end, being yeah. the leader of the family, being the leader like of the, the family. Yes, because we've had that conversation. We had that meeting where it's like, okay, as the head of this family, he established that, and so with that understanding, okay, you're the head of this family. That's fine. That's not a problem. But it hasn't been addressed from that standpoint. So me, kind of stepping in now having to address this knowing that okay it's not all on me i ain't the only person that played a part here is he a believer yes before y'all go there let me ask you because i want to get into that too. yeah you said the head of this family like meaning intermediate what, what, are, what are the okay so like okay well okay well let me let you finish like the matriarch of your guys's family you're talking about the your wife's family right yes okay patriarch yeah well, one thing hey, that hey, i would say Okay. One thing that I would say is you're the head, just based off what you tell me from your beliefs. Like oh, you're the yeah, head. Yeah. Of your family, well, right? well, yeah, well, yeah. Okay. As far you just as mean in like an honor way, yeah, okay. Just yeah, mean in an honor like, way, like yeah, like 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 a, a elder, like an overseer yeah, of you. the whole scope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Um, I think if you look at it from a situation, of, and I I don't know the answers. This is what I think. Yeah, I'm here for it. You're looking at it from a place of reconciliation. Versus, we talk about perspective a lot. What if the perspective that you took of it wasn't, I'm not trying to reconcile a relationship. What I'm trying to do as Maurice and something my wife's need, I'm trying to be considerate. So it's not reconciliation that I'm looking for. I'm only showing consideration. And that doesn't consist of him having to apologize. That don't consist of me and you having to get into whatever our odds was. I am a as a man and the head of my intermediate family in my household. No, this is something my wife. So 
out of consideration i'm doing this maybe if you look at it that way verse like the reconciliation maybe it happens one day after the consideration part maybe it never happens but again from what i know you of and the man that i see i feel like that you could put that reconciliation on the back burner and show consideration first and who knows yeah, what that gets you i let me speak to that real quick like mo i i lou i was thinking the same exact thing like bro the fear that you have i think that it would be it would be unwise to think that that may not be a possibility i mean that very well may be the way the way you describe the situation between y'all it would almost be thinking too like oh yeah it's gonna be like this or this is gonna happen this outcome and we're gonna piece it up and whatever like i would agree with lou fully on that like that's what i was gonna say is that i would prepare myself and again it's so much easier said than done but i would prepare myself for you know well yeah blah, 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 blah. hey bro okay cool. okay right. man we i just want to see hey i just i just want to see if you're all right man hey yes yep. man you bubba. hey man i'm here for you bro i'm here for you even That's if he it. Come you don't talk to me that, cool and dan and yeah. i learned this at work even if he coming at you with that energy your best inflection is I'm, if you up here i can take it all the way down here and you the one really, that's gonna look yeah. crazy if you stay exactly. up there and i'm down here you, it's gonna be on you now i'm and not bro, engaging in this i'm not and it works right like a and it's it's and it's uh, to, to, to 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 i think your first point lou it's it's not at the end of the day you will feel that relief again you might still be mad it might piss you off i mean it would piss me off but you will have done your duty at that point as a man and as a husband and as a patriarch expectations you, you exactly. honored your father your spiritual father yep. you honored your, your your wife's father you honored the head of the family um you know if you want to look at it on some mobs you, you paid tribute you did all that if he's mad it is i mean i hate to say it is what it is but it's really about you at this point and your wife and it's really yeah but again that's you know it's that's One tough more. Yeah, that's a good one. That was good. That's what this podcast is all about. One more before we move on to help you a little bit with the that's good rejection. Stuff. Thank you, Dan. Fear. Thank you, Spike. Absolutely, bro. Time, Absolutely. Sure. Last piece of advice I would offer for the rejection thing, because I'm similar and I heard this. This may have been came from work as well, Dan, like with the training program you went to. But set yourself. I read it in a book. Setting yourself up for small notes. Like fear of rejection is the big no a big thing that you think someone is going to say no for just like practicing for a game and practicing sports you like you can have conversations and kind of force like just small no's though hey babe i'm thinking i know you ve vegan marie so hey babe i'm thinking this for dinner knowing that she don't want it <laughs> knowing that it's like but just setting yourself up for those no's yeah. doing that more in your life and even as you start to be more comfortable with those no's fighting back on it maybe try to change their mind but in the beginning just set yourself up for the nose that way when you're dealing with those bigger nose it don't feel as drastic mm. one thing one sense? thing you one thing you definitely get in sales bro is um a callus in a good way though you get a callus to rejection i don't know if you it's get, in a good way <laughs> i think it can be because you you get you get well i mean the way you're suggesting he do it would be in the ultimate i mean would be but you know it, it can go either way but um no i agree with that i think that's a good idea yeah i, I appreciate I, I appreciate that and you know 
it's because I get so wrapped up in, you know, I was held back in the first grade and, you know, feeling like not good enough, feeling incompetent, feeling less than and having a chip on my shoulder as we spoke about. That's a theme of Mar- uh, of a Moism on this show. And so, <laughs> yeah, that rejection immediately just <laughs> like it's not always just small things. Like I can handle those on small scale, but. It just be some things may be small to others, but it'd be big to me, you know, so it's yeah, kind of yeah. a hard way to gauge it. But I am trying to get past that. I truly am. And I know that that is a goal of mine is like, you know, when we talk to DeAnthony, like to really go through therapy because I really want to get past that because I remember my brother, my brother's gay, <laughs> but the one that you got in a fight with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really? He's a weird. He, yeah. He's a weird gay, though. He's he's a weird. What's that mean? He's a weird. He's gay. a weird. He's a weird gay guy. I, it's a long story, bro. He got uh, hands. He, he, he got hands. He got hands. He still oh, be man. like talk about females sometimes. Yeah, you, can't, oh, like, you, can't, wow. you can't. You can't. You can't get rolled by your by your gay. Nah, he, never, he, never, like, he never. He never. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm just, Big Brother. You ain't never gonna roll Big Brother. Let's be clear. Like he ain't never got that off. Like let's be. We fought on That's Easter, funny. bro. But it, That's funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. We fought on Easter. But uh no, seriously though. Um but before he came out or whatever the case was, like rather I don't know if he really was or wasn't. I can't really dictate that, but like when he was pursuing girls, the way he handled rejection, I always wished I was like him. He would just be like, Oh well, all right, whatever. I That's rejection. what I mean about the callus in a good way. Exactly. Yeah. I, I never had that I, it would be so heavy so yeah. this and I, I've never been able to conquer that because I'm like that's the reason I I would be one of those shooters so to speak where I'm not going to have uh, my field goal percentage is not going to be low because I'm not shooting that much mm. I'm going to shoot I'm going to shoot I may shoot 12 shots you know that was me mean? bro you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna try to at least knock out. Eight. I gotta have you in the scope. I gotta make sure. Like that's what right. I'm I gotta, saying. I gotta bro. know you like me, bro. Like yeah, yeah. for sure. So you that's put so much onus on the pre- the presentation. The that's why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The attempt is. It means a lot, unfortunately, oh. for me. So, but yeah, but I'm, I'm, I appreciate y'all. I'm really going to uh, really take that in, man. This, this, like Spike said, this is what the show is about. So I'm really taking that in, and I'll be able to talk to my wife and try to really move forward in this and, and really just take that step. I had some other options I was thinking about doing, but I, I think I'm, a, I think I may know what I'm going to just go ahead and do. So I appreciate y'all, brothers, man. Straight up, absolutely. I look man. forward. I look forward to hearing back on that. Yeah, Mo, this week. We brought Dan on. We're talking about our 20s. Yes, sir. This is a good follow-up to college, right? Is that what <laughs> the thought process to this? Nah, it wasn't actually. That's really? crazy. Is that That's what y'all talking about last week? Yeah. We had, D, we had D on, who was my oh, therapist last week. And then the week before, oh, we for talked real? about college. Yeah, it was pretty okay, cool. cool. Man. Yeah, it was really cool. He he, yeah. he dropped some gems on us. So, yeah, so you guys didn't sure. see that episode last week? Go check that out, featuring DeAnthony Harris, What's wrong with you? mental health therapist. Mm-hmm. That's a tell great title. Would, <laughs> yeah, tell me what you were thinking with these twenties thought topics and processes and topics. I don't even. I can't even quite remember where my thought process was. I can't exactly. I don't know if I was into a pod, a song. I really honestly don't remember. Just somehow, somewhere, 20s popped up in my mind. I was like, 20s. And then I just like roll with it. You know, because we're getting deep here as far as like we're covering a lot of different 
themes here. So it just, I don't know. It just hit me when I was at work. I was like 20s, 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 mm. 20s. And I just like put it down. And then from that point, I started to work out, okay, what about the 20s? It may have been a conversation with my wife because me and her, is, she's my wife, but she's also my best friend. And we can separate, uh, set aside the uh, lover, husband, wife aspect and just have shoot, shoot the, you know what I mean, with one another. It's like homies. So That's dope. Yeah. yeah, it took yeah, it took it a while is. to get there though. It took a while. I was say everybody can't do that, man. Yeah, no, I took a grip. Yeah, it didn't start off like that. Nah, what would you attribute? How would you say you got there? Uh, well, I remember I used to tell she, she used to say she told me like, "Oh, you're my best friend." I was like, "You're not mine." What? Yeah, I'm not your <laughs> best. Nah, I said, "Can I talk to you about other females?" She was like, "What do you mean talk about?" Oh, exactly. You're not my homie, then. <laughs> and so that was the that, that was, was the bar. That was that was the bar. It's a bar because if you, I can't talk to you like my homeboy. You're not my. You, you can't be my best friend because you can't step into this space. So how did y'all get past that? Uh, maturity, just years of experience. Uh, her, ha- her growing in, into just understanding certain uh, aspects of men. Uh, me growing as just my ignorance as a man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just understand respect and like you know taking that on. And and eventually we were able to have these conversations where we can tell each other about their flaws and not take it personal it took a while not to take things personal you know when, but when you say talk about other females in what context uh, oh i think she's hot like i think rihanna's fine like, like, it's like well, i fucked you, this bitch in eighth grade and this happened like what's okay. what we talking about here? Spectrum, okay, so, right so the yeah. eighth grade the eighth grade that's part of it it's oh, like wow. it's like not like previous sex life with your wife yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. uh that is some best friend <laughs> but it's not like oh we're gonna get there it, it kind of it's building towards that i'm never gonna because versus just wife no friend where it's like okay i'm gonna keep it fluff like right. oh yeah you know we did what we did but you know it was cool or yeah it was pretty good but i'm not gonna go whatever but if you i don't want to know yeah i i don't want that type of well see i i ain't say i want to know like that ain't type <laughs> friend i am <laughs> you know what i mean like i ain't that type of guy but you there. you expected her to be able to be like well i cannot talk to you about this is like no well nigga. but <laughs> well i'm just saying can you hand like if she has talked to me like about guys you know as far as like that 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 space that area i've been able to handle it you know what i mean or even just saying like a dude. women are better at that than we are they can kind of budge the situation and be like yeah. well this guy yeah, 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 like, 100%. yeah it's, it's way more serious than yeah. what she leading on yeah we can't do that because well, they because we they know, know how right. to ask well they know how to ask the right questions to get us to be like oh shit, damn <laughs> you know what i'm saying so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but I yeah i don't even remember where we was but man we, we you were I talking like, about you and your wife being best friends and how we came up with the twins uh, but yeah, but just 20, I think at, we, somewhere down the line, I think we had a conversation and just thought about, and and we'll, I'll get this question going, but I think I, I just remember my mom saying to me, I mean, me and my wife, we were so broke. Like, we got married 22, 21, so broke. We paid for our own wedding. Uh, I mean, bro, I, I just can't get my mind off of how broke he was. Like our rent was so cheap, and we was barely. Is that why getting... your dad? That's why you and her dad beefing because he wouldn't pay for the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sure would have brought that up in the fight. That's funny, nigga. I paid for the wedding, nigga. nigga what you talking about, about, bro? I'm the, I'm the, I'm the matriarch. I'm the head. Yeah, we'll, we'll be cool. We'll be cool when you sit in that back. We'll be cool. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My family. To, I paid for all of this. That's right. I'm the only Ty Crane. No, right. Say so, fam. I'm, I'm the head, but uh, nah, um, but yeah, nah, uh, 
I was just thinking about that thought, and I remember my mom used to say to me, she was just like, she was just like, it's all right, y'all gonna figure it out. You want, y'all gonna have some money. It's just that when y'all get older, y'all get better jobs, and y'all y'all start making some money. It won't always be like this. And I remember the signs, like, bro, I don't believe you. you need more people. Like that's how I felt about my mom. Like I'm like, I just couldn't see it because I'm like, bro, I'm broke. Every soon as the check hit, like I'm working. I mean, I probably worked two jobs majority of my twenties. I mean, bro, did you know how to balance a checkbook? Check. Can we use another term? Checkbooks is budget. so budget. Now, did you know how budget? To budget? Okay, budget. Finance. Like, do you? Were you? I, did I you feel know like, anything I feel like, about it? I feel like I did. I was cheap, so I feel always, like you did. But did anybody ever sit you down and be like, you know, "This how much you need to save. This how much you nah, need to this, this." Nah, you know that ain't so. And that's the reason that I knew the answer to it exactly. That's the mm. reason that I asked, though, going back to the other question. That's the reason why we hold money like we do. No one really teaches us the necessities that go with it. Mm-hmm. You would have believed your mom had she told you mm-hmm. how you balance money, how you save money. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody in their 20s is broke. Yeah. Like, news play. Like, you don't realize that until you're 40. While you're 20, you ain't trying to hear that shit. Mm. Unless you like selling dope or something like that. Unless you're just outside in your 20s. Like, other than that, it's normal to go through that at 20 years old. For y'all. I don't think we talk about that much. For no, who? we don't. For y'all, both of y'all, Dan, uh, Spike. Was there, did you feel any big change when you turned 20 or 21? I'm just going to use those two numbers specifically. Did you feel any big change going from a teenager, 19, even though people don't really call 19 teenager, but like going from 19 to 20 or from 20 to 21, did y'all feel like a dramatic change where it's like, man, dang, like I'm 20, I'm in my twenties, bro. Not for me, man. I, uh, I don't feel like I grew up for real until I was like 29, 29, honestly. Yeah. Why you say that? Bro, I spent most of my 20s working the type of jobs that I met Lou at. Um, I was irresponsible. That was before I had uh, found the Lord, too. So I was I was just, I was very, um, I thought I was smarter than I was. I thought I knew more than I did. Um, like I said, my dad, I love my dad, but he didn't give me any real type of longevity game. He taught me how to be a good man, and I appreciate that. But yeah, man, no. Uh, so when I turned to answer your question, I... I remember when I turned 21, I was working night shift at uh, ADP as a temp, uh, like sorting checks for it and throwing them in the mail. I, it was like, I was like, man, that job pays 12 an hour. I was, I was man, in off that's at 12 an hour. That's good money right there, though. 2009, bro. 12 that's an good hour money go right there, bro. 30 hours a week, come on. Hey, come uh, on. I, I, remember, I remember turning 21 and being like, man, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm 21, I'm, I'm an adult. But I mean, honestly, it, it, it kind of, it was a slow process for me, bro. What about you, Lou? It wasn't, uh, there was no major shift because as Mo and I have talked about on here before, like, (laughs) you was outside. We've been unadulterated. (laughs) Me and my friends were unadulterated, man, from the age of like 13, 14 years old. Like, we can tell you about like going to clubs at 12, 13, 14 years old, being out all night. Uh, and this is not bragging like drinking just doing shit that nobody our ages should have been done and one of my homeboys even hit me in the uh, after one of the shows and he was like bro you realize like even guys that were older than us would come to us about like the girls that we were talking to the clothes that we would wear the clubs that we was going to and these niggas three four five years older than we were so to say that we was outside 
And did y'all hang out with a lot of older people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was, yeah, like. But we didn't have a we we didn't know what was going on. Like you said, Dan, we thought we knew a lot more than we did. And when you're talking about turning twenty and twenty one, it was how immature that we weren't thinking. It was the difference between having to being able to get in the club with your ID and having to get somebody else's ID. Like that's what it was for us. Like I remember my twenty first birthday. We went to a that was the first time I had Long Island's iced teas. And boy, they get you out. Oh wow. Oh boy, you is that's I not that's like, not that's not that ain't where you start. That's not where right. you start. That ain't where you start just like that ain't a twenty first no, birthday. No, it's drink. not. No, it's not. I didn't know that's that a, at twenty one. That's a slurp. You out, I yeah. was done. Like you talking about like toasted. That was me and my my late homeboy Dante. He took me out. We we went ahead steak, and I I, I remember my tw- probably because it was with him and he's passed. Uh, but yeah, I remember the club we went to and all of that stuff. But to say to answer your question at that point in time, man, that's what life was all about for us. Uh, that's why I wasn't successful in college my first time around. It was our life was about being outside, being at all the events, having money in our pocket, looking good, like just is that freedom? That's all we knew. Yeah, that's that's what we knew. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, it wasn't anything different from that. I had a job, of course, to keep money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. My homeboys had jobs. People hustled. Like, we didn't know any other way of life. Like, I didn't know nobody in corporate America. I didn't know anybody that was doing anything else. Like, everybody that I knew, it was only a handful of things that they were doing. And we were just in that lifestyle with them. So that's what my 20s, up until I moved to Atlanta, probably, was like. So I know. I know like for me. 29. <laughs> from I was by the time I was 22 I was locked up twice I, oh, I, I crazy I, I got underage drinking at 20 in college and then I, got, I think I got the DUI at 21 did you ever think that you had a problem with alcohol no never crossed your mind you know what's crazy did anybody, though did anybody ever mention like did your mom your girl did anybody ever say you might have a drinking problem never Never, never, and you know it's what crazy. about after the DUIs? Nah, still not because I always conduct. I never, I never conducted myself crazy. Now, now, when I get slapped, <laughs> I mean, I try and kind of become the life of the party. But it was rare occasions where it's like, oh, you're an aggressive drinker right now, or you're allowed. You know, you know, I never, was- it never. But I, I do say, remember. That was my though. thing. With, I used to overindulge myself, but no one ever said it to me either. Yeah, but until you know I got DUIs. And, my daddy used to. Never mind. I'll probably put it off. I'll do it off here. It's a, <laughs> that's another topic for another. But to answer <laughs> I your question, I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll wait on that. Yeah. I used to overindulge as well. Like, mm-hmm. like, and that's why I really like stopped drinking and mm-hmm. because I just. Then now, of course, I'm well more thought out. I, I would think that I'm different now, but I I just used to just I'm drinking to get drunk. It yeah. ain't no like yeah, that's I, I don't like the taste of this. It ain't like nah, I'm yeah. drinking to be intoxicated. I, I have purpose, and that ain't what you're supposed to do. <laughs> this is my purpose. Yeah, you don't drink for that. Like you smoke weed right. to get high. You don't drink alcohol to get drunk. And I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't. I still. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I still be trying to. <laughs> yeah, you don't drink alcohol. Figure out that concept. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the purpose. <laughs> But, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, um, I, I I wrote it in one of my rhymes. So I just never I, I said that I never thought in elementary I would be in a penitentiary. 
Like I, I just never thought that thought. It's it's crazy to me still that I've been to jail three times. Jesus. Crazy. And not not nothing major, no prison or nothing, but it's just jail. From from the same thing of making a making dumb decisions on that liquid courage. You mm. know. What's the worst part about being locked up? Uh, jail like that Knowing it ain't no long freedom. time But like, like what's the a, worst like part? A, lack of freedom it, it, It's just the simple thing That's it's, it? That's it like, Just that's the simple you, How long was you in there? Um, the longest was I think the last one I think it was about Two and a half days man. I got When I went to jail Not for a DUI like, we, we were in I was in the wrong place At the wrong time And they kicked me in a the room to a hotel that we were at. Uh, did I tell that story here? Mm-hmm. I didn't. Oh. Well, premiere, premiere, pu- 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 premiere. <laughs> we'll have to tell that story one day. But no, <laughs> yeah, we were in jail for maybe because they thought we was like kingpins or some shit, like busting the door. <laughs> like, where, where are all the drugs? Where's the? Like, okay, I vividly remember the guy saying, "Who snitched on me? Where's all the cocaine? Where is it at?" And this dad, he had like a bag of sugar that he was. It was, it was wild. However, that being said. The reason that I asked you that, but we were in there for uh, maybe seven to nine days, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and that shit was miserable. But the worst part about it, the worst part, was the niggas that was in there that were used to it, mm. that were accustomed yeah, that, to it. Oh yeah, that's that were carrying themselves like, ah, oh, mm. it's cool. They knew what the food was gonna be the next mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. They knew the guards. They joked, and it was like this was just like, yeah. Yeah. Another day at the office for them And that shit That scared me the most yeah. Cause I was like Bro yeah. I can never be like this These yeah. niggas is jailing For real for They real. they life is over They don't even know it They like yeah. 19, 20 And they used to jail Yeah That yeah. shit scared the living shit out of me And my mama saying When I called her She told me Cause when I and when it happened My mom was on a cruise She was out of the country So I didn't have nobody else Even to call Yeah mm. And um because she had dealt with it with my dad, because my dad was in the streets heavy. She's like, I'm not going to do this with you. I'll let you know this right now. This will be the last time. I'm never coming to see you. I'm not taking calls. Like, if this is the life that you choosing to have and this is what you want to do, I ain't going to try to deter you from it, but I'm not going to be a part of it. And that was probably the most hurtful thing that I had heard my mom say. Not because, mm. like, she wasn't saying that I'm turning my back on you. She's like, you have it. You you can make the choice. Your not choice. to do this. Yeah, you can make a choice not to do this. And if you want to do it, that's on you too. I yeah. feel like I provided you with enough life and information where you can make a different choice. But if it's what you want to do, I'm not being a part of it. I'm removing myself from it. And that was, you know, that, that, that hit you like a ton of bricks seeing your mom like, like that. So that's why I asked you, like, the worst part of jail for that is just it ain't even just for me. Well, I got I got locked in up in front of my freedom. mama too, though. Mm. Yeah, see, I got locked yeah, up in front like, of my mama. That was mine. Wasn't getting locked up in front of my mom. Mine was the court. Yeah, that that yeah, nigga. Oh, that. They take you to court. You got the orange jumpsuit and the shackles yeah. on. Your mom out there, nigga. She don't. This is the first time this isn't happening. Like I said, my dad went through it, but she wasn't the one like yeah. having to get the lawyer, having yeah. to pay the bond, like yeah. she having to like figure out like no. That and just seeing you know she been crying, that shit right mm. there is the yeah. most devastating thing that you could go through and see. Like so, that's why I like I'm good on that. But that was the worst part and the food. Yeah, the yeah, food, I mean, of course, was of course, like awful. Yeah, showers, Jesus was awful. Christ. Baths, toilets. Is, yeah, it's rough. The toilets was third. You're right. That's third on the list. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, yeah, I, they, depending Christ. on the day, it can rotate. 
<laughs> the food is always one. And but the Dan, niggas in there was always but the the niggas in there and the food was always one. Yeah, Go ahead. for sure. But but Dan, I wanted to ask you, uh, and we'll talk about that another time, but what type of man were you at the time? Like you said you didn't really get tapped in to what's going on as far as being in your twenties, like really the maturation of it until mm-hmm. twenty nine. So what type of man were you at the time up all the way through that? Were you a clubber, entrepreneur, homebody, school head, a player? Um, uh, I, I was, I was, uh, I was, I was, I was my version of outside. Like I wasn't, I wasn't in these streets, <laughs> but I was, I was, we would, I was just a, I was just the dude who you would be smoking cigarettes, working a, a part-time job, hang, hanging out. Uh, I had friends that did some dirt here and there, but like, it, I was always like the cool dude that would be around, but I would never like, I would never dip my toe in that bar. I would always, and looking back, it was total grace, man. I would always, yeah. I would be right away from the real, real. Yeah. Um, but as far as the type of dude I was, man, um, I would say I was just, I was like, I was just that cool dude that was like there, but it wasn't really like you looked at me like, oh, he's doing something with his life. He's like, oh, that's Dan. What's up, bro? Like, it was kind of just that. Like, yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like, oh yeah, he does this or he's gonna do that. Yeah, so I would yeah. just say I was around. I was like a, a guy you would see and be like, oh, what's up, man? And that just that, a that cool was, dude. Just a cool dude that was just there, but like nothing special. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no okay. trajectory or no like uh, no. Uh, no plan, Dan, nothing like that. Dan, man. the average white man, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, bro. The average guy, yeah, <laughs> just, just that dude, man. Just that dude. What about you, Spike? If you look at the twenty to twenty nine. What type of dude was you? Early twenties was different from late. It was. Well, it like is twenty six. Like you kind of saying, yeah, yeah. So the early twenties, you made me reading over this made me think, man. My this is when I met my first college crush, and the reason I thought about it because she was from where you was, Indianapolis. Like they, I had gold teeth. Like I had four gold teeth from my first year. In your twenties, still, yeah. <laughs> bro. You was doing this from teenage. Somebody to get him to remember. You gotta realize this was this was nineteen ninety five, bro. Yeah, oh, right, you gotta right. remember what? No, it was not. I was in high school in ninety five, but yeah, this was like two. This is like two thousand, two thousand. I didn't know you kept the goals. Like Would you? Real quick, I lost them when, one night. When did yeah. you take the goals? Like, because when I met you, you didn't have them. I didn't have them. I lost okay. him. Uh, I don't even know. I, I lost him in my house somewhere one night, drunk probably. <laughs> like this was when early, and the reason I bring it up, and the girl was from Indianapolis, Mo, and it was what made me think of it. When you said this. I assumed that that was a thing up there because she was saying. I remember the conversation that we had. She told I was grilling, and she said that meant that your gold teeth were shining and shit like that. I met her in a club. She was so dead, Jesus Christ! But that just <laughs> made me think of that. It's just like the earlier version of me. I didn't. She was like a woman, and I did not know what to do with it. I ain't even just talking about sexually. Just <laughs> she was way advanced. advanced. Yeah. I, I don't know if yeah. you know about girls from Indianapolis, Mo, but they be a little bit more advanced. Like she was out. Like I was outside, but she was outside. Outside. Like outside. she was fucking with the big dope boys and <laughs> shit like that. I was. <laughs> But uh, with that being said, she was real cool, man. And that's what I remember earlier about being in my 20s. It's like the perception that people have you because you have gold teeth, because of the people that you hang with, the things that you do, people start to know you for different stuff. Uh, so I know a lot of my early 20s, I wasn't building the relationships that I have now 
And the example that I would give is like what you two said. Mm -hmm. um, you two don't know each other just based off the strength of this. And I would like to take some credit for it. Y'all were yeah, able absolutely. to have a communication absolutely. talk for an hour without absolutely. even just, I know Lou, you know Lou. Hey, we do this thing together. Let's get together and do that. Mm -hmm. My earlier twin would not have happened. I was so closed mm -hmm. off, standoffish, mm -hmm. like only cool with my friends. What's this? Mm -hmm. What's this weirdo doing around us mm -hmm, that I don't yeah. know? Like, I gotta get my Mo on real quick because Mo always interjects at the perfect light and, and draws that out of you. What about you would not have done that thing? I feel like that's a Mo question, so I'm gonna ask that. What What <laughs> um, about you would not have done that thing? We were know-it-alls, man. Like me mm -hmm. and the crew of guys that I hung with, like we pretty much felt like that we had it figured the fuck out because we weren't wanting for a lot. Like we in the sense of like we weren't rich but like we had money in our pockets like we looked good we could get girls like we got had a our car own. got a crib yeah, we got, like that we jay like around. what you broke what the you gonna tell me yeah like what you gonna tell me <laughs> like we could do we primarily like tony soprano say like he said like he told uh your man you got the world by the balls yeah right you got the world like by we the had balls, the world yeah. by the balls so if to ask you a question dan if you look like you didn't have the world by the balls like why are we dealing with you Mm -hmm. Like we here and you there, and that's a that that is not the right way right, to look but, at. But it. that's a twenty not, something. That's early twenties, yeah. and that's what me and the group of guys that I hung out with were on. Mm -hmm. Later, now I've come to see some of those same people that we look down on surpass us as lawyers mm -hmm. and shit mm -hmm. like that. They they in they bag. They really locked we, in. They was really locked in then. We was laughing at them. This nigga in college, like they won't even come outside. Stuff like that. Yeah. But we yeah. see them now, and they have are well more fluent than we have come to be in some senses yeah. but to answer your question dan it was just we thought that we were know-it-alls we thought that we had the world by the balls and had it all figured out and it was our way or the highway so it, when you're yeah. talking about oh man hanging with people who aren't from where you from or just maybe a little bit eccentric or whatnot no we're not going for any of that bro mm. yeah and it was to that our death yeah i can see that and that, that's mm. typical i'm gonna try to move through here so I'm trying to be brief. I know we've been a little long winded here, but that's what dope conversation does. So I'm trying to move through some of these briefly because I, I don't I, I don't like leaving a theme without feeling like we really covered it. So if y'all can in your own brief way. And it's, you know, however, I know brief is like the funeral when they say everybody get five Podcast minutes and, and they right, don't give like you five minutes at the funeral. Right. People be like 10, 15 minutes about, you know, they love one. But uh, uh, so both of y'all. Do y'all think that we go too hard on in society about trying to figure out your life plan or goal in your 20s, knowing you just got out of high school? You're supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. You think we go too hard or we don't go hard enough? I don't think we go hard enough. I wish I had known about media and podcasting at 20. Nah, Even though we started doing On Deck in like 05, like doing YouTube videos and shit, I wish I had known or had known somebody in this field to give me guidance. I do think that it, very early on, toning into what your kids want to do, what their interests are, gravitating them towards that, I don't think it's ever too early for that, bro. I think too much in our culture, you get to 40 and you're like, man, what I want to do? Or I enjoy this, how do I make money off of this? Mm -hmm. Versus just going to work every day, clocking in and making money off of that. Mm -hmm. I think if you start to figure that shit out early, even maybe even before 20s, like just honing in on what your interests are. And that's one of the reasons that I don't have kids, I think, in my opinion. Like I, I'm going to be a helicopter parent. 
So at two, three, or you like playing music, then I'm booking you for all the classes. I'm coming to all the recitals. Or you like to dance, and I'm like, because one, I didn't have that. And two, I feel like that that's important because when you get to 20, they'll have a solid mind around, I want to do this with my life. I think that you should be thinking about that early as opposed to late because you get to our age. And I know I, I've spoken to this on here when I made the most money that I made in a year, but it wasn't doing nothing that I love. So I still felt empty because mm-hmm. I'm still yeah. trying to figure out how to make money and do this, what we're right. doing. Well, I ain't got to go do anything else. If I had been on that focus at 20 and known about this by now, I have faith that I would have figured it out. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking about kids if I'm, I'm and I want to pick up mentorship this year as well, if I'm talking about that, then it's never too early. Three, four, what do you like to do? And you ain't even got to stick with it. I wouldn't even be one of those parents like, oh, you started it, you got to finish because I didn't quit a lot of shit in my life. Mm-hmm. But I want to be able to tune into everything that you like to do until you figure it out. And we can go 100% at it. Okay. So I, so I don't think it's. So you don't think we go too hard. What about you, Dan? Do you think we go too hard, or you think we don't go hard enough to for people in their twenties to figure out what they want to do with them? Yeah, man. So when I when I pulled up the doc when when Lou sent me the doc, that was the question that I was like, mm. so it's funny. That's the question that you ask. Um, you know, and it, the first thing I thought about was, you know, it's a relatively new thing in as a species to, I mean, bro, pre, really pre 20th century, if your dad was a welder, you were a welder. If your, if you, if your pops was, uh, if he, if he was a cobbler and he made shoes, you made shoes. I mean, that's how, that's how a lot of people even have names like, uh, Gerald Blacksmith or whatever it is. I mean, that's just what you did. So the first thing I thought about was it's a relatively new thing that we even have these options which is a good thing in a way in a lot of ways right we have we, we have access to technology we have uh there's so many options i think that the main thing i was thinking about and this kind of touches more on what you said about uh uh what was it first grade you said mm-hmm. you didn't yeah i had to i was held back on the first grade yeah i feel like and kind of to lose point too we don't cultivate we don't cultivate true gifts in our children bro as a society black white throw you like system because and, and a lot of that is system. and look i'm all i'm all for the free market and, and whatever i would rather live in a capitalist society than, a, than than have the state run it but at the same time when it's so primarily capital based right when it's so money based we go to school and it's like think about it bro when we were in elementary school it was like fireman astronaut being the army uh, uh policeman hey, bro, they, policeman bro yep. it, the fact that the army is the place that you go when you don't know what to do with your life is a problem bro yeah. like the, the, like so that's I, so in a way i i don't know if this is i don't think this is a direct answer to the question i would say we don't go hard enough on cultivating to kind of lose point true talents and kids and having schools that actually draw out like bro einstein failed math right so like and he's albert einstein like so it's what are we actually drawing out of our children in the public school system and in just in life in general and obviously as parents like especially if you're if you're working class or if you're in poverty and you're looking at your child you're not thinking about like and and i don't i don't blame parents either in a way because like it's easy to say to be a you know and i don't have kids either but it's easy for me or lou or whoever to sit here and say and it might be true 
you should cultivate this and whatever but it's like okay but i want my son to make money i got a job bro like yeah yeah like you can uh you know elvis told elvis dad told him uh he said i I, he never saw a guitar player who was worth a damn (laughs) like so like (laughs) and it is Elvis, but it's like it's like but you don't blame again like i i don't blame parents fully for that because it's a system they were raised up in so i would exactly so i would answer the question as we don't go hard we go too hard on trying to systematize professions just to be able to end up like that dude who a few minutes ago we said we don't want to end up like you're a cog in the machine you're a cog in the wheel versus going hard on hey bro what excites you what do you like what do you like what do you yeah. love what 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 do you think about like if, if you you know the classic cliche what would you do for free if money wasn't what what would you do with your life your your short mist of an existence on this planet what yeah. would you do with that time if money was not an issue so i think we need to go harder on that mm-hmm. uh just briefly um i think i personally think we go too hard because i mm-hmm. think the, the the missing piece to this equation is experience there's so much life experience that you have to go through before you really find out your real interest because what you're into in school may change when you get out in the, in the regular world and I think that we put so much stock. Oh, you're in football. Let's try to get you in college football. Let's try to get you. But it's like you might get there and be like, I don't want to do this no more. I just did this because of this. So to, I think that experience is is a essential part to figuring out. Okay, this is your interest. And I think that telling somebody by the age they graduate 18 by 20, you need to know what you need. You want to do with your life. It's like okay, you haven't even experienced and figured out. Like yo, I'm kind of good at this. Actually, I kind of like this. Actually, I'm really into this. I do a lot of YouTube on this. I do a lot of, I think that we go way too hard on that. To tell a, a kid, oh, you like this now, they may change their mind. It's too much room to change their mind for me, basically. So it's not nothing wrong with cultivating that because, I mean, we see some of these professions that have been into it since they was little kids and docs and all that. But I feel like sometimes in some scenarios we go too hard saying oh you got to figure out your life like i'm 32 and now i'm at the space i'm like okay i know now this is what i'm supposed to be doing i feel good it's something inside of me say yeah you you're on the right track now but i did not i did not know that before though like i didn't know that before because i had to actually experience and figure out what i'm good at where am i where am i effective and then when i figure out where i'm effective let me cultivate and let me pour into that so I think that experience is an essential part, in my opinion. I think um, that effective word is, is huge. I think that's a great word to use. Where are you effective? Well, you're effective because if you're effective, there's a passion that's in yeah. the ingredients. There's a consistency yeah. in, the, in those ingredients. There's a few things that are in those ingredients that will ultimately, I believe, will help you flourish in whatever, in whatever capacity that you put into it. But uh, Because ultimately, you're contributing. Yeah. If you're effective, yeah. you're contributing. Yeah. You're offering something. Yep. You're putting you're willing. putting willing not yeah, being exactly. taking yeah, you ain't, ain't right. being forced to do it either. Yes. Yeah. Willing, so. Uh I'm I'm this is I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and, and get us to this last piece of it here. What is the biggest lesson that you learned in your twenties? That you say, you know what, I I'm so glad this happened. This thing changed the trajectory. In, in which I am the person I am today in my twenties. Now, imagine—I mean, I imagine there's stuff in your thirties as well, but in your twenties, this thing really changed the trajectory. And I'm glad I went through this. And 
And then on the part B of that question, as we wrap here, the advice that you would give those in their twenties, thinking that they have to have it all figured out. So part A, a situation that happened to you and it changed the trajectory and in, in which you live your life. And part B, uh, the advice you would give to those in their twenties that think they have to figure it out or, or, or right now. For me, it's late twenties, and it both of them tie into the same, and it's uh, coming here, moving to Atlanta from Nashville. Um, I spoke about the thought process that I had in my earlier twenties. It was because I was comfortable around all the people that I was around. I've also spoken about coming here was the hardest thing that I've done. Reason being is because I had to open myself up to doing stuff, different things, meeting people like Dan having conversations with people like you Mo as far as somebody just reaching out from something they see me doing being open enough to say well I want to get to know this person to have these type of conversations a lot of the times when I go back home and this is not a a, a, a diss or a slight but the difference that I do see is that people have gotten so comfortable and been doing the same thing for so long that even when you approaching them with new ideas or you asking them about updates it still sounds like a conversation from 10 years ago because they haven't left the nest yeah they never been away long enough to like this moving here helped me really find out who i was even beyond what i thought i was in my early 20s and the people that i was around and the friends i've had being able to communicate better being able to express myself better knowing my flaws and being able to accept them and work on them all of that came from removing myself from a situation where i knew everybody because one of the things about being outside for so long like i was telling you more i could go to my city i didn't know damn near everybody may not know them on a name basis but people like i can still go home now people to see you like hey what's up bro where you been at oh i moved to atlanta damn i ain't know that so it's just being here there was none of that and it was so different it got lonely at times because there weren't like I always had places at home you could go to, you could chill. Hey man, what you up to? I'm gonna pull up. Or anything like that. Removing myself from that and having to just figure it out and put myself out there, make new friends, make new situations, create a lifestyle where you go get a job, get a job around, like not having a network and getting a job. Just starting from the bottom somewhere. That was the biggest revelation for me and my recommendation, like what you asked would be to people remove yourself from where you're comfortable at find out who you really are not who people where you've been knowing them your whole life expect you to be not what you think you're supposed to be because you hang with a certain group of people but once you remove yourself from that like i'm speaking of like when i did when i moved to atlanta who are you what makes you happy like what do you like a lot of the stuff that i'm into now i never had the time to even get to because i was so consumed of what i thought i was but now that I'm able and have removed myself and, and able to spend more time by myself, I was able to find those things out. So removing myself from a comfortable situation and finding myself is what I'm saying. Yeah. Man, um, bro, when I was, so when I met, when I met Lou, I was 24, yeah. And I was just, like I said, like, working menial jobs kind of you know i would go from job to job i get tired of it because it wasn't really what i wanted to do and then i remember 
it's funny because I remember I was like, I was on like a weekly basis with you and Chris, like on like show notes and, and I would even sit in with y'all and stuff. I was, I was like dang near producing with y'all, like as a producer, like I would like, if, 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 if like a topic would be on y'all's mind or if y'all were trying to remember something, I'd pull up the album and show you a piece of paper to like remind you. And then I just disappeared. And then like, I remember Chris texting me like, you like fought, I thought you fell off the earth, yeah. And what happened was I, my my parent my uh, my uncle had had a stroke in Tennessee. My um, my dad's side is from uh, right outside Chattanooga, so my uncle had had a stroke. So my dad and my mom moved back up there to kind of like you know small family take care of each other. So they moved back up. They moved back up there. And bro, from honestly from 2014 to 2016, I was down bad, bro. Like I was so many places man couches um uh hotels bro i would be i would be back and then i would be i would be out i would be people would be like where are you and i bro i slept in my car I, I had i had a job and slept in my car i remember sleeping at like the holiday inn parking lot and like going in to get a bagel like you know because i didn't like i was just so broke and then finally you know, I ended up at my grandma's who, who passed a few years later, but I, I ended up at my grandma's in East Point and, uh, and, and that was really where the rubber met the road. And I was 28, 29 and I was like, okay, this is my life, bro. Like I'm not, I'm not 21, I'm not 22. What am I gonna do, man? And that's when I got the job that, uh, the sales job that I have now or that I recently just had is, and, and, and I had such a chip on my shoulder, it, you know, looking back, all those things happened because of my own poor choices. But looking back now, it made me scrappy. Um, it made me hungry and it gave me uh, uh, some, edge. Uh, some edge and a drive to like, you know, my, something about me, bro, like not to keep it going forever, but like my <laughs> my mom is from like like from Atlanta and, and like her, her dad was a doctor all my cousins on that side are like the white dudes that y'all would just normally hey guy how you doing like you know like it, it, um, they all have um, the, all that bro like have the Ivy League jobs went to like you know big universities all that they're work at consulting firms my dad's side is like that real Tennessee blue collar like like we work in factories bro like you, we, we never came out of date in Tennessee like we it, that type of thing so for me, when I turned 29 and I got that sales job and I started making money and I started actually building who I was as a sales professional, as a person, I was looking at my cousins like, hey man, I didn't grow up like y'all because my dad didn't have money like that, but I'm making more money than y'all. And like, and not even in a prideful way, but just in a like, dang, I made it without my dad having to be this rich doctor. I made it without having to be uh, uh, set up for success, if you will. So I would tell somebody in their 20s, and then the trajectory, uh, praise God, has been has been well from there. Obviously, I've made mistakes, but um, I would tell somebody in their twenties, especially if they're in their mid to late twenties and they're having that quarter life crisis and they're looking at what they've messed up, learn from that, bro. Obviously, get it together. <laughs> don't 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 take that into your thirties. As cliche as it might sound, do not take that into your thirties. Learn from that and realize that that can make you. I would I, like looking back. I, I know the. I don't know if we're gonna get, but like one of the questions was, would you change it? I can't say that I would, man. Obviously, I don't want to go through those experiences again, but that big Sean line he had in uh, 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 Sunday Morning Jetpack, he said, wishing for a time machine, 
wishing for a time machine to jet pack to jet back to my all-time low self and throw me a jet pack bro like that line like when i look back at who i was sleeping in cars worrying about bills getting my phone cut off being negative in my account like it was horrible and it was irresponsible but now bro i know how to move i know how to i know how to land on my feet i know how to stay on my feet i can always grind it out so i would say anybody out there who is in their 20s who's making mistakes who's like dang i still live with my mom whatever it is bro learn from that take that and realize you can fuel that and funnel that into being into being somebody you'll have an edge that somebody who just did it right might not have so failure learn from failure and fail well and then yeah go from there that's what i was saying mo what about you what you what you got for us i try to be brief uh for me it was uh 2017 i've spoke about it before but that second dui um left my homeboy's house Trying to be the next Joe Budden of podcast, getting drunk, trying to create compelling, crazy content. Left the house, fell asleep behind the wheel, hit somebody. Mm. Somebody woke me out of my consciousness. My car was totaled up under a four-way light. Hit somebody. I never did to this day see the person. And my mama just got in town. She was moving back to the states. My, my she was with my wife. They just, she was like, where are you at? And I told her, and it was so hard because it was like she had to relive this again after this happened when I was 21. Now I'm 27. It's happening again. But this time it's much worse. And I'm at the mid, I'm under a light and they handcuffing me. And my mom and my wife looking at me through the car. I'm like, she just got in town. And I'm going to jail. And I remember getting in jail. At this point, the stakes were so much higher. Because before when I was 21, it was just me and her. 27 I have a daughter now You know what I mean It's totally different I remember being in jail And I remember sitting on the toilet And I just The dudes were asleep So I was happy that they were asleep Because I was like Dang I gotta really use it But I remember thinking I said man As much as my daughter gets on my nerves I'd rather be there right now With her getting on my nerves Than to be right here right now I remember that was an all time low when I got out, I got bailed out. It was uh, five hundred dollars. She had to borrow from her her family, um, cause we was just tapped out. And um, I got out. It was cold outside. It was winter time, and I couldn't even look at my wife in her eyes. Um, it was it was the lowest I ever felt as a man. I didn't trust myself. I, I I put a lot on my wife because I cost us a lot because of that decision. And I mean, you got fees, lawyer fees, it's so much. And it took me a while to work back, get back. Fast forward, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time there, but it took me a while to get back. Um, classes, uh, P tests, uh, money, license gone. Riding the bus. DUIs, DUIs at least ten thousand dollars. At least ten thousand. Yeah. Lawyer yeah. fees, paying to get your license back, yeah. classes. Yeah. It was a, it was a lot of money in yeah. in community service. I think I had to do um, two hundred fifty. I had to do two hundred fifty hours because I had either that or I could have went back to jail for two days, basically. And I, I, at first, I was like, I'm gonna go and do these two days, but as time as it got closer, I was like, I, I can't go back because. 
when I got bailed out, they actually were supposed to bail me out like 12 hours before. And so in the process. Yeah. So when that happened, they was like, oh, well, let's hurry up and get them out. I was like, I can't take that chance. That two days might be three. I'm going to do these 250 hours of Goodwill. And uh, but anyway, fast forward, finally came out of that. I was I was blessed. Thank God. Um, and it took me a while to feel like a man again. It took me a while to lead this family again. It took me a while to step up into that role and to say, hey, no, this is what we're doing because of that decision. And, and now I'm at that point where I am. I do feel like a man again. I do feel like I can trust myself again in regards to leading. Now, I ain't going to act like I get all the answers right. Um, it's just God's grace. But it took me a while to get past that. I'm in a good place now. So what I would advise any person in their 20s, if y'all hearing this podcast, just keep fighting through that process. Don't end your life. There's some of y'all that might be on the verge. Don't end your life, man. It's not the end of the world. You can make it. It sucks, but what sucks more than where you're at is being gone. You can get through it, bro. It's just gonna suck. That's how you that's how you gotta look at it. This right now it sucks for two years or three months or whatever yeah. it is. But you can get through this. Just take it a day at a time. Cause I promise I, I I I mean I rode my bike to classes raining nobody could take me there I'm hopping on the bus I mean it was a struggle dude but I made it through and y'all can make it through too so I leave y'all on that note man straight up yes that was really really good from both yeah, parties to lighten the mood up a little you did lace the toilet when you use it right or did you never never bear back. I, Bareback in the prison toilet is it's nuts. nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> that them steel toilets is nuts, bro. You yeah, that's that. easily the dirtiest toilet I've ever seen. In Facts. Facts. Not nah, gas station. Gas station. Man. Gas station. Ain't no nothing worse than the gas station. <laughs> so I'll tell you why this one was different because <laughs> we got locked up during Christmas time, and in Nashville, that's a, a popular uh, time to get locked up. I got locked up so, in New Year's, so. That this was overflow, right? Now I'm talking about the two. I ain't. I'm not talking about like a day. I'm talking about that dead ass two week period where everything is closed down. Ain't no school. Ain't no nothing like that. So my point was everybody was in a gym, like it was overflow. So the prison was full. So you talking about not prison jail? Jail was full. You got like maybe three hundred dudes in a gym with bunk beds using like two toilets. So that was the nastiest tour I've ever seen. They had you in the jail. You had they had you in the life we prison, huh? Yeah, like this. Yeah. We were bro. <laughs> that's what it was yard. like. That's what it was like. Yeah. Life. Okay. It was that's like different. that. The beds yeah. was like that's that. Different. It was like three hundred niggas in there. That's that shit was yeah. crazy. But we'll talk about that on the jail episode yeah. or something like that. But this was a great episode. Way to dig in with us, Dan. Yeah. We appreciate you. Absolutely, to be a reoccurring man. guest on here, man. That's this is what we're doing, establishing the foundation, have some reoccurring people and bring mm-hmm. some stuff to the table whenever you have something you want to get off your chest. That's what another week in the books is for. AWITB2022 at gmail.com. Send us your emails. Let us know what you're thinking. Share your perspectives with the show. Go rate, subscribe, like. Tell us what you liked about the episode. If you put it under four stars, I'm inclined to think you are a hater. I stole that from Omari Jones. I thought it was dope. Uh, so five stars, please. Before we get out of here, Mo, did you check out Top Boy? Yes, I did. What'd you think? I watched the pilot. 
Did you like Deshaun? Well, actually, which pilot did you watch? The the original, the OG. The first one with four the episodes. Very, the first one, yeah. Gotcha. Uh I don't know who's who really yet. I mean, I know there's a brother with the two little brothers. Yeah, that's the wrong one. There's another one. Well, that's, you said but you said Jay. I had but you said I had to watch that in order to get to the uh what was the sun? That, that's what I'm saying. That's the second one. That's the second. You watching the latter one. You should be watching another. I thought one. I thought Top Boy was just first that, and then they came out with the other one. Mm-mm, it's the other way around. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. That one that you watch is the second part of. It. The other one is called Summer House. So Summer House like is the, the first one. Origin story, yeah. Summer House is like the origin story, and then the one that you watch with Top Boy with Jamie and his two little brothers. Yeah. Well, hold on. Yeah. Did Summer the House come Jamaica? out after the? Summer House came out first. That's okay. Old. So it did actually. Okay, I thought it was a better call Saul situation. Okay, no, no, no. so I'll no, go. No. Summer I'll House go. came out first. The one that you seen where the guy had the two brothers, Jamie. Mm-hmm. The other one is like Deshaun is a earlier version of him. So it's yes. essentially okay. Jamie was the new age version of Deshaun, but mm-hmm. you'll get a better perspective of that if you go back and watch the earlier version of. Okay, Deshaun. I'm gonna go back to that. Man. I'm gonna go back to that because I, I was a. Uh, I was here for that pilot for that one. So it's good. It's a good show, man. Have you ever seen it, Dan? Top Boy? Mm-mm, no. It's a show on Netflix about British. It's like The Wire in like the UK. Gang. Yeah, okay. There you go. It's, it's like The Wire for the UK with the lack of the police press like, part of it. It's just the gang it's like part of it. Current day or is like 1800s British gangster no, style? This is like It always takes a minute to get used to the accent. The accents it, is gonna bother you at the beginning. I would but, I would suggest subtitles for the first episode. Definitely subtitles. Do, but do they have do they have like that uh that like 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 cause you know in in in, in England they have like the hello, the very proper woman that got yeah. then they got the What's straight he? like hey bloke, hey, what you doing? Yeah, it's it's like, like, yeah. But is you, it like you that? hear yeah. all the street ones though. You hear all the street ones. These people all in the streets. Right, yeah. Like they'll say, yeah. we're gone. Yeah, we're it's gone, like man. almost like Nigerian London or something. It seems like exactly. Nigerian London. Like well, you get a lot of you get a lot of bruv. You get a lot of it's bruv. grimy. You like bruv. it, man. You like grimy shows like <laughs> it's that. all it's grimy bruv. too. Bruv, yeah, bruv. Okay. yeah, check it out. Okay, yeah, called Top Boy. That was the homework session. Uh, the Tim Ross episode. Apologies, Maurice. I didn't get to get into okay. it. Okay. I am gonna do that, but make sure I have it by next week. I just okay, didn't have that's cool because I didn't have a homework for it. I, I was gonna say Twin Peaks, but I, I still kind of don't the know show? if you. Yeah, you I seen still, that? I'm watching. I'm surprised it. you up on that. I, I'm. You know how it ends? Huh? No, no. I, you, this is you new heard of how it ends? No, this is new for me. So I didn't know. I've heard if it, of it. I ain't never watched it, but I'm familiar with it. it it's uh. It's one of the early prestige TVs before Sopranos. So, yep. but but it's not. You must be looking at a list and saw that on. That's how I I've it. seen it, but a few times. But actually, it was an Instagram page that they do a blend between uh, Twin Peaks and Seinfeld. Uh, they so it, it really is a dope blend. I was like, oh, this is kind of fire. Like they kind of make Seinfeld serious. It was dope. Um, Has it been difficult trying to watch it? Like just because it's based in the nineties. No, nah, because they they did they actually did a, a recoloration and all of that. Like it oh, looks so really good, actually. Like because where they is did it? It. where you watching it? At? I'm watching it on Paramount. Paramount Plus. Yeah, so we got it somehow through Roku Paramount. But if we go to Paramount, you can't see it. Twin Peaks out. It, it's it's okay. Understand this first before you get there, because you 15. No, I've, I've tried the pilot episode before. 
I, I understand the the pacing and the it's tone. Very it. weird. It, it can yes, get yes, it yes. can get soap opera-ish, mm-hmm. but at moments it can get very ominous and kind of weird. Like, whoa, where are they going? With this? Yeah. So it's it's there's a still reason for that though. Yeah. You know what the ending is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't got there yet, but I. I yeah. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I gotta ask real quick. I, I look yes, sir. I know this is a not a sports podcast, but who y'all got Sunday? Mauricio mm. even know who playing. <laughs> Eagles and Chiefs. Eagles and Chiefs. This guy. First all black quarterback. Pardon me, Dan, but I got to get this out there. All black quarterback Super Bowl. Uh, I am going with the GOAT, Patrick Mahomes. He is a beast. I hate the fucking yeah. Eagles with a passion. Oh, it's yeah, my yeah. least favorite sports team out of every sport. So I will never in my life root for an Eagles win. Hey, now so. the, Patriots, the Patriots still worse. They don't say not that. for me. I don't care anything about the pay. I hate the Eagles, though. Okay. I hate they fans. They, they ain't got division, the Cowboy division? Yes. Oh, okay. All of their fans is. are losers. There it is. There it All is. y'all Eagles fans <laughs> are losers. I'm sorry I asked people. I'm sorry we ended it on this note. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I'm, I I just want to see them go back and forth. I don't have I had no stake. Yeah, me too. Who you got, uh, Dan? You watching the game? Yeah, I think Mahomes is like the next Brady or like Steve Young, bro. Like I, he he he's he's just nasty, dude. Like I. And, and I like Andy too, so you know. My homeboys, I got homeboys that don't watch sports like more. They quick to remind me in the IG DMs too. Like, ease up on more. I don't watch sports either, so they be on oh, your man, side. Shouts out to them, man. And Come on, 100%. man. But but so I but I'm I'm, I'm a hybrid. The wealth though. society on IG, man. That's my guy. Shouts out to them. I'm a hybrid though. Like I ain't like I ain't out here I, like. You know what I mean? I ain't, I ain't out there like that. Like I, I still, yeah, I'm, I'm not a regular there. season dude. I'm like a okay, got, nah, okay, nah, got nah, your play out. Yeah, Dan, Dan, you used to watch uh, yeah. sports a lot more than you do now. Well, a lot the more, next bro. episode, the next episode <laughs> with you two is gonna be about religion because I gotta ask both of y'all. Like, y'all both of y'all are deep in religion. I got a lot of questions, so that'll be the part two of the Dan and Maurice and we collab. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank y'all for having me, man. For real. Yeah, Thank sir. you for stopping by, brother. This has been another week in the books. Thank y'all for joining us, Bookworms. Be on the lookout for that merch and all the other good things out there. Take us out, Mo. Yes, sir. Uh, another week in the books, of course, AWITB2022 at gmail.com. Uh, clearly, I seen last week's episode from an email request. We were able to fulfill that. So we're always open to show concepts and ideas that y'all would like us to speak about. Also, if it ain't something that y'all want us to speak about, on Fridays then there's always the Tuesdays it's a little bit of throwaway content where it's like it's the deleted scenes it's the bloopers it's the whatever you may have also if y'all don't know already man we have another show it's reviewing uh, it's Good Earners reviewing The Sopranos man we are currently on episode 6 y'all be on the lookout for episode 7 man we're doing some great things over there getting great feedback doing well on YouTube uh, so y'all go check that out as well. Me and Spike in a whole different bag, man. But uh, Dan, you have to tap in on the. Uh, oh, Sopranos. I would love Dan, Sopranos fan. Love oh, to he's do a that, Soprano bro. fan. Heavy on, Sopranos. Bro. Oh, you're up there with future, you. Yeah. Future guests. Yeah, y'all right there together. I, Absolutely. Love the Sopranos in here is like. Yeah, me and Dan. That's how one of our first connections outside of me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got another why. guy that I've met through podcasts. He's a podcaster too. Uh, I told him that you and him are probably on the same because he has the wire number one too. Yeah. So he's he got Sopranos number two, and I said, "Yeah, both of y'all have no idea what it's like to be number one." So <laughs> <laughs> you guys never you got had Sopranos the makings of a varsity absolutely. absolutely. Even uh, uh, that's okay. Another another podcast. Hey, that's... text message. We got group chat. <laughs> <laughs> we right. appreciate y'all joining us. We out. <laughs>